It is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program. The phone lines are open if you want to join us. And you can bring up absolutely anything you want to discuss here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. Aria, you are also known beyond uh, just being a host here on Free Talk Live as the High Priestess of the Reformed Satanic Church. This is true. Uh, that uh, you founded here in Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, despite the fact that the government would like you to believe that it is a quote-unquote purported church, it is actually, in point of fact, a real church that To my knowledge, they've never made that accusation against the Reformed Satanic Church. Oh, really? I don't think that they have. Uh, I think they did. I know they certainly have alluded to it at mm-hmm. a few occasions. Like, they've listed it alongside things like Church of the Invisible Hand or whatever, but... Yeah. Uh, but part of the conspiracy charge uh, that I understood was that they were trying to paint the connection that the Reformed Satanic Church was, you know, similar in nature to those, but it, it wasn't going to stick from what I could. It was all very confusing and very hazy to me at this time because this, I've got a lot going on in regard to all this case. I don't remember every little detail. However, I don't recall they were actually trying to. They seemed to recognize that there was some. Some difference between the Reformed Satanic Church and some other churches, which is, I mean, obviously, whatever difference there may or may not be is just in theology. However, mm-hmm. uh, the Satanist aspect of it, there's a lot borrowed from that. I think the government has tangled with Satanism several times, yep. and That's they've right. lost every single time. So they have. They I don't have. think they were in any hurry to kick off that battle again. And obviously, the the Church of Satan, not very good friends with me mm-hmm. uh, i can't stand them they can't stand me however that's have not you tr- actually had an interaction with with them like you not said they an, can't stand you not in an official capacity okay. but some of its members i know them what they stand mm. for their ideology and it's fundamentally opposed to everything that i stand for and mm. everything that satanism stands for hence the reformed uh, satanic church i think they would have had you gone to the crypto six trial i think they would have tried to i think so uh insult your church as well they seem i don't remember specifically what they were doing up there with regard to all of the churches but that was sort of their whole yeah thing anyway um i bring it up because uh it's in the news satanism is making headlines again here and this is for the global order of satan uk so we've heard of the satanic temple and we've heard of the church of satan the church of satan goes back some decades anton levey i believe was uh co-founder or founder of that and that's the one that used to get the headlines these days you don't really see much about the church of satan anymore you see a lot about the satanic temple and they've been getting a lot of headlines and for good reason because they've been fighting uh i would say Mostly a good fight with regards yeah, to... Yeah, I love the Satanic Temple. Yeah, with regards to equal access for various different religions to governmental bodies and such. So if uh, if there's like a Christian club at a school, then the Satanists uh, from the Satanic Temple will come in there and say, oh, you got a Christian club here? All right, we're going to start a sat- Satan club. Yeah. Oh, you're saying no to that? Well, now we're going to sue you. Yeah, oh, and right. or they'll, uh, they'll send somebody into... Uh, like a city council meeting where they'll have a prayer that's being led by some Christian uh, preacher and they'll say, well, we need to get our prayer a week. What week can we schedule our uh, satanic prayer and then, you know, stir up controversy there. Which, and, and Christians and just religious people in general, they don't understand. They're like, oh, they're just trying to start a fight. Yes. Yes, they are trying mm-hmm. to start a fight because there shouldn't be 
a fight over this this in the first place. If you're going to have your Christian prayer, yes, I'm just starting a fight by saying, hey, now we need to have my satanic prayer. However, I'm still in the right. Yes, that's right. And it's it's you know, if it's a supposedly separation of church and state, then if you're right. gonna have a state connected to a religion, then it has to connect to any religion. And of course the satanic temple is probably really got on the map for when they had uh, different displays in certain states. I think Oklahoma was one of them, if I recall correctly. Was this correctly. the nativity scenes? Florida, I believe, had the nativity scene. Oklahoma, I think, was just, um, they just had like a big cross at one of their okay. state buildings or something like that. Or the Ten like Commandments, that. probably. Yeah, some one of sort of nonsense yeah. like that. So wherever there was some sort of display with regard to another religion or any religion, they would come in there and say, well, we would like our Baphomet statue to be placed here. And then they spent, I don't know, thousands of dollars <laughs> having a really fancy looking uh, Baphomet statue. That's the, the goat headed man, basically, if you, you're not sure who Baphomet is. I couldn't tell you more besides that. Like, yeah, all, all of the these, story. all of these figures have some sort of mythology or history attached to them, and obviously, we don't believe any of this stuff is actually true. However, it's interesting, right? Like, I named my music studio the Amdusius Music Studio after the quote-unquote demon of music. There isn't a demon of music, but it, it sort of loosely translates to that. But that doesn't mean that any Satanist out there is running around praying to Amdusius mm-hmm. or believing that this entity exists. Well, right, and there's. There's a lot of mythology surrounding Satanism, but most of it isn't true. I mean, in the right. 1980s or whatever, there was a lot of fear uh, that was being spread about Satanists in the in the woods doing child sacrifices or sacrificing animals or whatever. And there was, I don't think there was ever any kind of justification for that. There was no justification yeah. for it. And despite the fact that these rumors still persist today with mm. people like, oh, we're <laughs> secretly run by a group of child-eating Satanists or whatever people believe— there has never been a single shred of evidence supporting any of these accusations or any links these yeah. people might have to Satanism, ever. Yeah, and I'm sure as we'll get into here, uh, Satanism is, as I understand it, and I'm not a member of the Satanic Church, but um, you know, being close to you and, and learning about it through, uh, through you know, your explanations and such on the air here, it seems to be a very humanistic uh, viewpoint, uh, focusing on individualism, or at least it that's your view of how it should yes. be, right? And I mean, that's what the Church of, the Church of Satan's view is as well. Mm-hmm. The difference is that, like, Christians, they say one thing, and then they do something completely different. So they uh, okay. they wouldn't dispute with me. I'm shocked. That, uh, a religion with hypocrites in it? I know, it? right? Huh. But they wouldn't argue with me when we talk about the individual, individual sovereignty and one's body, one ultimately controlling one's body and being a good person, being moral, all of these things, they wouldn't dispute any of this. They would agree entirely, and then they would go and do the exact opposite. Like by advocating for government programs or something Universally Mm -hmm. advocating for government. And like, uh, no no part of anything Anton LaVey ever wrote suggested that you could achieve a good end with evil means. Mm, But yet. In fact, that runs counter to almost all of Satanism. Evil begets evil. Uh, and it kind of reminds me of our co-host who unfortunately could not join us tonight. Uh, Mark Edge is on the road or something like that. But he is a uh, Quaker yep. and he goes to Quaker meeting. And um, when he's up here in New Hampshire, I don't know if they have it down in Honduras where he is, but I mean, you can have a Quaker meeting anywhere you want, right? Like you don't need to have a group. Uh, but uh, but he he does go to the Quaker meetings up here and it's mostly full of liberals who the Quakers are purportedly anti-slavery. They were the first people who were against slavery, at least openly awesome. against slavery. Yeah, they have, a, they have a really excellent history 
in that way. And they are uh, they're purportedly pro-peace, right? So nice. how can you be anti-slavery and pro-peace and yet support government anything, right? Yet yeah. they do, of course. So Unfortunately. Again, they don't see the coercion. They don't see the evil that is involved in uh, supporting the state. Anyway, let's get into the news here because it is in the news. Uh, the so-called global order of Satan... An order that I've never heard of prior to tonight, so I cannot tell you what they believe or how they're different from anything that I say. We'll learn a little bit about it. It is UK-based, so I don't know how, you know, maybe, they're, maybe they have some chapters in the United States, but like you, this is the first I've heard of them as well. You said Global Order of Satan? That is what they're calling themselves. G O O S. yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, Global Order of Satan, UK. Goose you. Uh, quote, with our rituals... There's never any murder, there's never any sacrifice, there's never any blood rites to Satan. We don't worship the devil, we don't cast magic spells, unquote. This is from, uh, by the way, a story from The Telegraph over in the UK. In fact, as the Global Order of Satan UK, as well as other leaders and members of satanic groups around the world insist, it would be difficult to spot a Satanist walking down the street. Now, you don't have your uh, pentagram on tonight, but there are some... There I alternate necklaces yeah. randomly based on which one I happen to see on a given day. But yeah, I do have, well, I still have the giant pentagram tattooed on my back. On your back, okay. That's not visible in the winter because right. it's, you know, cold here and I'm generally wearing a jacket. The only thing that I would, I would dispute there, and not, again, not knowing anything about the global order of Satan, technically, there's probably some of them that do believe in black magic and witchcraft and casting spells and really? stuff like that. Okay. There's a lot of overlap between Satanism and occultism and Wicca. Particularly. What percentage would you say of a given Satanic group would be into casting a spell? I don't know. Probably fairly low, 2 to mm-hmm. 3%. Okay. Enough to exist and to need to be recognized and pointed out, mm-hmm. but not like a driving force or a main force. Probably it's people who go a little bit further down the road of astrology. I see. It, they don't necessarily believe they can wave a magic wand and, you know, Wingardium Leviosa somebody into the sky. That's a Harry Potter reference. Okay, for thanks. Anyone I out didn't there. know. Yeah, that was what they said to make things float. Gotcha. So they don't necessarily believe that, but they do believe that you can cast, you can chant some series of magical words and make some gestures and combine it with some reagents or salt or whatever and somehow manifest that in the world. And mm. I don't necessarily disagree with it because any. Any thought that you put out there in the universe has the potential to be ultimately made manifest just by your desire and you so. putting that out yeah. there. But I don't think, you know, lighting the candle and chanting a sentence in Latin five times is yeah. necessarily going to achieve anything. Yeah, I question whether or not a uh, spell can affect another human being in any sort of positive or negative manner. And uh, I'm a skeptic right. when, it, when it comes to that. Uh, but uh, while the macabre rituals, uh, occult rituals, vir- virgin sacrifices, chalices of blood, and belief in the actual devil are a thing of the past, Satanism is luring increasing numbers of young people disillusioned with so-called outdated and dogmatic traditional religions to join its fold by offering an alternative to stuffy traditional faiths. They're putting a bunch of those words in, in quotes this is why Anton LaVey was so big on the religious imagery and all of these symbols and the ritualistic nature of it. But things that the Reformed Satanic Church doesn't really care for, mm-hmm. that it appeals to people in an almost animalistic way where it just replaces one theology, the Christian and all of their symbols and their songs and their hymns and their chants and stuff with a completely different set that instead alludes to Satan. 
I'm not a fan of it because I think it's better to get to not have these traditions and these. Uh, so wait, the, the he does that fun. even though they purportedly don't actually believe in Satan, the entity, or... right? The ritual aspects of it of having the the meeting and you know everyone wearing black black cloaks mass. And, yeah, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. It was important to Anton Lavey. I see. As upside down crosses. Yes. Okay. And, you know, I like the symbols, too, but not necessarily for that reason. The ritualistic aspects of it, I don't care anything for. The Sunday Telegraph spoke to leaders and members of satanic groups around the world who claimed that the opportunities Satanism offers to people to engage in activism and campaign on issues such as gender and sexuality is part of the appeal for the younger members, particularly those who are increasingly less likely to declare themselves as Christian. Chaplain Leopold, a 32-year-old London-based undertaker, co-runs the Global Order of Satan UK, which he says has seen a 200% increase in membership over the last five years. Nice. Good for them. He says, I'd love to be able to claim that we could pat ourselves on the back and say, yes, we've done our infernal work here and we're successfully declining the number of Christians, but I think it's a far more complex issue than that, he says. He thinks that two factors were responsible, the decreasing popularity of the traditional dogmatic religions and, quote, a movement towards self-identification and self-realization. He said further, this is particularly... But that is, that, that is a decline of Christianity. I mean, part of the whole thing about Christianity and what it was trying to do was make everyone equal before God. Not, not individuals, but like more homogenized. You're just, you're just a, a blob of souls before God, mm-hmm. largely indistinguishable. And Satanism is very much about individualism and not being that. So I don't know how they could say that one expressing oneself's true identity and exploring oneself's true identity isn't also a decline in Christianity. Because from what I can tell, the two things are inextricably related. He says it's particularly amongst younger people who don't want to be identified as part of a prescriptive dogmatic religion and rather want to identify as their own self-beliefs and self-realization, which he says is what Satanism offers. So we often say that we're sort of the religion for those who don't like the oppression of previous religions. Well, I mean, there are a lot of options that are like that. I mean, there's a lot of sort of uh, new age things that are out there. Uh, I'm a panentheist, for uh, for instance. There are a lot of people who are turning away from organized religion in general, and many of them are not in the need of a church to join, per se. They just go off in their own direction. They do their own uh, looking within and their own research and finding out what's out there and then selecting for themselves you know, a belief system that fits themselves. That's essentially what I have done. Um, but some people do want to have a, a group they can join, right? So there's well, the like, community thing is important, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, for, we have that for a here, lot of people. We have that here in New Hampshire among the libertarian community, but that's sort of unique in that regard. Most of the communities that you see, like the New Hampshire libertarians, are actually like religious ones. The closest thing analogy I can think of to the New Hampshire libertarians is like the church that I grew up in, and how everyone knew each other and everyone would help each other. They had these weekly gatherings mm-hmm. where they just hung out and talked and had a good time, and everyone got along. And that's if they if they don't have that among libertarians in New Hampshire because they're not libertarians in New Hampshire, they're Satanists in the United Kingdom, and they're not getting that from any other church. Then they just don't have that sense of community. Yeah, you're right. That is definitely important for people. And to some extent, the freedom migration here to New Hampshire, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a religion, but it definitely is a moral group, right? Like it's a group of people who have a a very stern, you know, principle that they adhere to. And that is the non-aggression principle, the idea that it is, 
not okay to use aggressive uh, force to achieve your goals in life, whether they be political or you know, some other kind of goal, social, whatever. Uh, that's the one thing that, that binds those people together and creates that kind of instant community. So maybe uh, maybe that's one reason why a lot of them don't find themselves going off looking for a church because they, they've got that built-in community here already as soon as they show up, possibly. That would be my guess. Yeah. Uh, Leopold says here that uh, many young people are turning away from what are now incredibly outdated, very obviously stuffy views that are not uh, that are completely not in keeping with modern times. No, to- Christianity is so far behind the cultural zeitgeist oh, yeah. at this point that it's not it's not even worth laughing about. Yep, and then they get into some of the numbers here. In fact, I had a whole other story about this, but I, it looks like they're going to cover similar ground about how. Uh, U.S. churches, for instance, are on the decline. That's the other story that I have from The Guardian. But his comments come as Christianity battles to appeal to younger generations and remains divided on the issue of gay marriage with bishops preparing for a historic vote on the matter next month. See, Christians are still arguing about gay marriage. Well, they're still stuck in the mid-90s, man. The rest of the world has moved on to to larger issues and uh, homosexual marriage was decided 30 years ago or close to 30 years ago well and there have been some churches that have been more open-minded uh, on yeah. this issue for instance the unitarians uh, of course have been long, for a long time welcoming towards gays now they're not per se a christian church they're an interfaith uh, church but there's also um here in town there's the what do they call themselves the ucc and the u doesn't stand for unitarian it's something else I'm not recalling. What well, there's it. also smaller churches like the Next Level Church. They interviewed me when I ran for sheriff. They 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 probably were among the first to be accepting of LGBTQ people. Okay. I don't know that they were among the first, but they're certainly accepting of them now. Yeah. You and, didn't feel like they were rude to you or something no, like that? No, not at all. Okay. And the Catholic Church here in Kane, at least one of them has an LGBTQ pride rainbow flag outside mm-hmm. of their building. So the, not, not all churches, certainly, and not all denominations of Christianity, but there are a ton of... Of denominations of Christianity, many of which disagree with each other. Well, all of which disagree with each other. That's why there are so many different denominations. And you can't really say, well, this is what Christianity believes or this is what Christianity doesn't believe. Beyond going going directly to the Bible. And good luck pinning down what the Bible actually has to say about anything. Because someone's just going to come along and say, oh, no, but if you look at the actual ancient Hebrew. mistranslated. It actually says this. And you can't prove that or disprove it. Unless you can read the Hebrew, then you don't really know. Right. right. But in which case, I'm just taking their word for it, and I don't know that I can do that either. Yeah, and, and you do have to wonder if the declining number of people that is going to church in the United States, and I'm pretty sure elsewhere in the world, is one of the reasons why they're opening up, right? Like, oh, crap, we're losing members, so maybe we should vote on allowing the gays to come in, right? So, like, okay, we're okay with you guys now. Come on in. We need your 10% of your uh, tithe. It's almost you like know? the Republicans, man. It, mm-hmm. It's almost like they're they're similar in ideology, the Christians, the, or the stodgy Christians, because I don't want to yeah. wa- wash all Christians like this, because I know some great Christians who are pro yeah, LGBT sure. and so on. But when when I think of a Christian, I don't think about people like, Tom Knapp, who writes at the Garrison Center, or you know these upstanding Christians who are friendly to gay people and trans people. I think of like the church I grew up in, the Fire and right. Brimstone Southern Baptists, who are in Mississippi. Yes, who absolutely just voted for Donald Trump in 2020, and they're going to vote for him again in 2024, <laughs> uh, assuming yeah. they don't vote for someone else because they got the Republican ticket. But 
the the possibility of inviting in LGBTQ people or people who aren't white or whatever, and they, they won't say these things so clearly, but you look around and there's no LGBTQ people and there's only white people. They don't have to say we don't like gay right. black people in order to get that message across. There's none in sight. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I just I wonder what it would be like if you showed up as the aria of today at this church that you grew up in and what would happen? Like, what would the reaction of, of people be? Oh, man. I was down there for my father's funeral, too, back in, like, May. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm t- I would not I would not object to going down there <laughs> to find out. I mean, as long as they don't nail you to the cross, you'll probably be okay. Yeah, this was at a funeral, so they were far more gracious. Than mm-hmm. they, I mean, they were extraordinarily gracious. But, again, it was at my father's funeral, so right. they weren't going to start a fight with me then or an argument with me, whatever. I right? mean, they're not going to start a fight with you likely not if physically, you show up to church. But I, I, I think they would take issue but with my presence. They might try to make it uncomfortable. Who I, knows? I think they would ask me to leave. I, I mm. really do. Because yeah. uh, otherwise I'm corrupting their children. You know, I'm exposing their children to the existence of trans people and yeah, then then just by looking at me, a mere glance at me can undo the 15 years of strong Christian upbringing. Because <laughs> it's that good of a philosophy. Uh, MSN.com and this story here at The Telegraph continues. So looking at the statistics, right? How many people are Christian versus Satanist? According to the Office for National Statistics, now this is just the UK they're looking at. Published in November, the no- number of people in England and Wales identifying as Satanists saw a 167% increase between 2011 and 2021. Now, I'm confused. It, like, it mentioned a 200% increase earlier, so that means it doubled or tripled. Because uh, like 200% of 100... Right, 100% would be a doubling. Right, but 200%, it would generally be a tripling, but I doubt that's what they meant. Well, the numbers are actually uh, 1,893 up to... 5,054. Oh, wow. They meant tripling. Wow. This. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. Not uh, not quite tripling. But pretty know, close. 2.5 yeah. or whatever. At the same time, the number of Christians dropped so low, they now account for less than half of England and Wales' population for the first time in census history. Oh, so they're finally not the majority. Well, <laughs> they probably are still the largest religion, but they're no longer half of the population. They're a plurality now. Yeah, I, I would guess that's that's accurate. Uh, there's more coming up here. You can join us and you can share your thoughts on the shifting tides of religions. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because... I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. It is Free Talk Live. You can join the show and you can bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. 
tonight it is Ian and Aria. We are talking about the rise of Satanism, at least among younger people, according to the Telegraph story that we're sharing. They're looking at, uh, and they spoke to different satanic groups, including one we'd never heard of before, the Global Order of Satan, UK. And it is focusing on like some of the numbers and such coming from the UK, although I do have a story about Christianity on the decline in uh, the United States as well. Yeah, and as I said during the break, I I can't even pretend to be sad about this. I mean, I like Christianity from the mythological perspective and the stories of Jesus. I like it in the same way that I like Harry Potter. Okay, and I, I find that these stories have some value for for that reason alone. Mm-hmm. However, there is a lot of blood on Christians' hands. Sure. And you, you can't separate Christianity, the ideology, from that violent, bloody, abusive, oppressive history. I mean, you can separate your own church and say, we don't, we're not okay with that, right? Like, hey, we didn't do that. Uh, that wasn't, the, Maybe, the, it wasn't what the founder taught, right? And you right. can do the same thing with, uh, with Islam as well. I mean, there's, there's peace-loving Muslims out there, and there's also bloodthirsty ones. Well, right? it wasn't what the founder... Well, it depends on what you mean by founder. Jesus uh, is what I meant. But Jesus didn't actually start a religion. Paul true. did. That's true. And what Paul started was a bloody, violent, tyrannical <laughs> thing. Yeah. All right. But Paul did stray tremendously from the teachings of Christ, as far as I can mm. tell. And I think a lot of modern Christians would agree with that assessment. I don't know. But... To me, I, I have a hard time separating Christianity from its violent past, and I, yep. I think that they need to come to terms with that past. I uh, I don't know if that's the reason why people are dropping away from Christianity, or it's more of what it's doing today, the fact that it hasn't caught up to the present, as we were talking about earlier. It's not welcoming of all types of people, etc. But the numbers are definitely going down, and we can talk about that coming up. But first, let's go to Major Payne. You're on Free Talk Live, calling from Michigan. Go ahead. Oh, standby, Major. Now we have you. Go ahead. We can hear you now. You guys are confusing Catholicism and Cath- and, and Christianity. I don't know if we you mean Protestantism. Well, I mean, think about it. You, you say we got blood on our hands. Any institution of people this large trying to hold on to just their own backyard is going to have a lot of blood on their hands. I mean, this has been going on for centuries. There's been very, want, very little. Want, there's. Okay. And that goes for the Muslims and everybody else. I understand, Major, but let me remind you that there's been very little of Christianity's history where they were trying to hold on to their land. The vast majority of Christianity's history has been taking land from others violently. Well, and the, same thing, the same thing is held true with the Muslim Empire. They have, they're, they're nothing about but conversion. Yeah, I'm also not... Right? A, that, that's uh, yeah. their main goal. And, uh, We'd probably the, be more critical of the Muslims if we grew up with those people, but uh, both Arya and I grew up Christian, so that's what we're familiar okay. with. I mean, I, I don't know either because I didn't grow up in that backyard. But you guys mentioned the separation of church and state earlier. Yeah. And what you got, I think what you got to take in a concept on that is our founding fathers were run out of England because of religious persecution. You know, the Huguenots and whatnot. And, uh, I'm not convinced that's true. That, that, that whole thing, there's never been a law written into the, the, the government about the separation of church and state. The only time that was ever mentioned 
was in a letter from Jefferson to, I think, Washington, but it might have been Adams. He did a lot of correspondence with Adams, too. Well, it, but, uh, there it, is a principle not, involved, it, right, Major? The principle was, of why a lot of the people came here uh, from the U.K. was to get away from the state religion. Isn't that true? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. The well, that's what they said. Like I said, I'm not convinced it's true. Well, some of them started their own state religion when they got here, but they definitely wanted to get away from the that version of whatever right. you know the state wanted to force down people's throats. And, that's, and that was the separation between church and state. State cannot control the church. And it's been yeah, that lasted about four days <laughs> in North America, from what I can tell. Maybe a little longer than four days, but I mean, the Salem witch trials, they basically landed in North America and almost immediately got started on the Salem witch trials. The Salem witch trials were caused because they were eating rotten rye at the end of the winter and there was LSD in it. I have heard the that hypothesis. Was, the whole damn town was tripping. Yeah, I've heard that hypothesis, but I also... To, somebody to bloodline. I can't explain. I, anytime I I've been on LSD, I've never wanted to kill anyone. I mean, normally it's like everybody, you know, all is one and we're all in this together, right? Like everything's connected. I just wouldn't. It's hard to believe that that would be a, a thing for people, but I mean, maybe for psychopaths, that's what would happen to them. Well, they didn't, they didn't realize they was tripping. They, knew, they didn't have a trip guide. And these were all <laughs> God fearing people. And they're like, oh my God, the devil's amongst us. Nobody's got a clue what's going on. Yeah, good point. Don't it's give important. a crazy person LSD. No, but it's important to point out that what Major is talking about, it, there is a hypothesis that mm-hmm. there was some LSD was leaking into the water for some reason. I don't remember all of the specifics. No, but it was rotten fire. It was the end of the winter. And but the you're saying it like it's a fact, and it's not. It's a hypothesis that one historian conceived and wrote about. It's but interesting. It, it's not universally accepted by any means. Nothing is universally accepted by any means, is it? That's probably no. true. Thank you, Major, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. The number here is 603-283-6160. So we were talking about the number of Satanists is up, according to the, the equivalent of their census over there in the, the U.K., up 167% between the years 2011 and 2021, up from 1,893 to 5,054. And then they bring up the fact that the number of Christians has now dropped so low, they now account for less than half of England and Wales's population for the first time in census history. So I, I got a little more detail on that. Uh, are they lumping Catholics and Protestants together? No. It appears they are. Okay. Uh, and I'm just judging based here by some bar graphs that I pulled up here from also from the Telegraph on a story from November about the census data that had come in. They compare... 2001, 2011, and 2021, they look at the numbers as far as what were uh, people's religious beliefs at that time, and uh, back in 2001, Christianity, of course, they're not labeling it, so that doesn't help very much. Oh, there it is. Okay, so yeah, there's a label. So it looks like Christianity was roughly a little less than 75% of the population in the UK in 2001. And then in... See, that's why they shouldn't lump Catholicism and Protestantism in the same group. And you generally don't see that in surveys and stuff in, in the United States. Hmm. But it, it waits the reason. Because there's huge differences between... It's almost like saying Protestant or Christians and Muslims are the same. To say that okay. pro- Catholics and Protestants are the same. Because there's such a huge disconnect between what the two sides are saying that... 
I can't consider them the same religion. Yeah, honestly, I don't know enough about the differences between Catholicism and Christianity. I couldn't tell you what they are. Well, the main point is that Catholicism is all about you reaching God through the church the apparatus, through mm-hmm. the, the bishop and the priest and the, the pope all the way up, right? Okay. Whereas Protestantism, it's more about establishing a direct connection to God where there is no interces- interceding person. Okay, but do the Catholics believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Yes. That's a key... Okay. That's like a key factor as to why they would be considered Christian in my mind. Now, sure. you are dis- delineating a key difference between them, but if we start going into the differences between them, then we should whittle all the Christian branches down as well. Because they all have you know, major differences in how they baptize you or whatever other things that, that they believe. So I get, why they could, I get why they could lump it together. Whereas the Muslims, for instance, do not believe that Jesus was the son of God. They believe he was prophet. Right, one of a of a myriad of uh, of prophets that has that has come forth. So that's the another major thing that separates them and Christianity is they believe in a monotheistic God instead of the triune God that the the Christians believe in. Right. But do, see, I I would love a Christian to call in and try to explain this to me. But do Christians really believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Because as I they understand, say they do. Well, I mean, they say that, but they also say that he he is God, right? And it, hmm. it comes into, like, what the hell is the Trinity really supposed to mean? The, the Holy Trinity of God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What, what the hell is this, right? Do you truly believe that Jesus is God's Son if he's also God? I mean, please mm-hmm. explain this to me. Okay, I would love for someone to explain that. The number here is 603-283-6160. We'll get you right on the air here. Uh, we don't really do phone screening much anymore. It's because our long segments, we don't have staff we will just literally take your call and put you on the air. So if you got an answer for Aria, 603-283-6160. So it went from like just under 75% in 2001, 10 years later to uh, 2011, it is 59.3% of the UK population was quote unquote Christian. And then in 2021, that number had dropped to 46.2%. So a very... So it's down almost 30% inside of a single generation, it sounds like, or from one generation to the next. Yeah, it's down significantly. Uh, And so, yeah. So then you... That's good news. What they actually show here also is that, surprisingly, uh, the numbers of other religions are actually growing. So the number of Muslims in the UK is up. I mean, it's not jumping up or anything like that, but it is up. Uh, the number of... Uh, well, of course. See. I mean, p- people still have to have some sort of religious excuse to justify their bigotry, right? And if they they want don't want to associate with Christianity because it's on the decline, well, they just pick another religion that historically has a lot of bigotry in it. Another one here, uh, Hindu is up slightly. Uh, the That's mostly positive, I would suggest. Buddhists are up slightly as well. Tremendously um, positive. But the biggest group that is growing the most is those who identify with, quote-unquote, no religion. And that number has, it looks like it's been absorbing most of the Christians. Uh, is awesome. there, they're not going from Christianity to uh, another religion, per se, or at least another organized religion. Because uh, there is another group here that says religion not stated. And curiously, that number has actually been going down as well. Over time, again, we're just looking at the the UK numbers here. And I as mean, you mentioned, a person could be spiritual without necessarily being religious. So these people who are turning away from Christianity, they're not necessarily going, okay, well, there is no God then, hmm. because 
that. That's what Christians tend to believe. If you don't believe in the Christian God, then you must not believe in any God. But no, they just they believe in some sort of God. It just doesn't fall within these the scope of the Christian God. Yeah, well, I mean, you bring up an interesting kind of debate. Is like, can you be spiritual without re- being religious? And I don't know if you can. I kind of feel like they're one in the same. I understand why people don't like the word religion because it does concoct these ideas of these quote-unquote stuffy old uh, organized systems that have been oppressive for so long so i understand why someone would want to jettison that but ultimately all a religion is is just a certain set of beliefs that one has and purportedly applies as well in one's life in regards to the nature of the universe and god i think i would agree with that Uh, you can't be spiritual without being religious i think i I don't see any reason I would argue with it, except, as you point out, the connotations of the word religious. It just sort of makes my skin crawl. I I don't think it requires a dogma. I don't think it requires, you know, some sort of rote uh, memorization or Ten Commandments or anything like that. It can just simply be your own personal belief system. But if you want to comment, you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. So back to the story about the Satanists. I think religion also has a definition that... You you have to actually go out there and like proselytize, I think, in no. order for it to count. Okay. No, definitely not. Uh, I can pull it up here in a little bit. But uh, so the uh, the census revealed an uptick in other less traditional religions. The number of pagans is up from fifty six thousand and change to seventy three thousand, as well as the rise in the number of animists who believe that all natural things have a soul. And those uh, the animists increased from. A th- 500-something to over 800. That's a curious ideology. All natural things have a soul. I mean, I'm assuming this means like trees and, and grass and stuff. And and, and and animals. There's some people who believe that yeah. only humans have souls. Right. Well, that's just that, ego. Yeah, it's just, I mean, that, that's it's just ridiculous. humans looking around the universe and going, well, we look identical to everything else and we act identically to everything else and we're scientifically proven to be 99% linked to everything else, but... We're special. We're special, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I just, if you believe in the idea of a soul, and personally, I like the idea of, of a soul, and you can somehow look at your dog and think it doesn't have a soul is like beyond me. Like, they that, yeah, that clearly, is sad. They clearly have their own agency. They clearly are unique um, little creatures. They're all different, right? Like in their own unique ways. I'm thinking and, about my special little golden retriever, yes, man. She's yes. <laughs> super special. But you raise an interesting question. You know, what what does one mean by soul? Because I know that part of, I will continue existing for until the end of time, until you know, dark not dark energy, until the universe dies in either a freeze or an explosion. My the atoms that make me up mm-hmm. will continue to exist, but the singular enti- entity that is me will not continue to exist. And which, what me is there really? Is it just a combination of these atoms reacting in a certain way? Or is there some other thing that we can't easily measure or quantify? Right. Consciousness cannot, at this point in time, be measured by science. It, right. It, there's, they don't even have an explanation for, as I understand it, they have no explanation for what consciousness is. No, and these are the same people. Uh, the people who say this want to then turn around and say, oh, no, no, look, Lambda definitely has no consciousness we don't know what consciousness is but we We know you don't have it definitely not that (laughs) right let's go to the phone calls here uh you're on the air caller what's your name you're on free talk live hey it's tom hi well uh so (laughs) 
where do I begin? I think I wanted to answer the question about the triune God first, maybe. But okay. before I get into that, um, I would say this, and I've I've combated this, uh, if you recall. You know, I, like, I'm a Christian anarchist, right? So I get it coming from both sides. From the okay. Christians, I'm uh, some libtard. And then from my fellow anarchists, I'm some wacky Christian guy. But anywho, when, I'm, when, when I hear those uh, criticisms that, you know, Christians, Christianity has blood on its hands, I have to remind you that when that occurs, the majority of the time, you have an infusion of the state with religion, mm-hmm. and that's where the blood comes from. The blood, really, the, man, the, the machine of corpses is the state. Those bring in the military powers for the church to utilize. That doesn't absolve them of that immorality of enforcing violence or using violence to get their mean, the, the means to an end. But if you take the state away, the religion is what the religious institution is powerless. Does that does that make sense? Uh, it it makes sense, but it's fundamentally wrong. The reason that this union, I'm explaining the reason this union between church and state came about in the first place was because the church was becoming more and more powerful. The church, you you could work, you could love your king and all of that great stuff and be loyal to the king, but the church commanded a person's soul. They commanded that this special kind of loyalty that no yeah. king or prince could intervene place. in so these two there's, entities they were competing with one another and ultimately right, right, the church okay. and, well i guess if you wanted me to ask your question i could have but go ahead well i get your point but the the thing is fundamentally as far as christian i can't speak for any other religion but christianity it it that was op- operating in opposition to christ's teaching the one thing that christ got insane about smashing up the room, as it were, throwing chairs and tables, was the conversion of his quote-unquote father's house into a den of corruption, where they, they, they were taking advantage of people and whatnot. He, he, he was furious about this. Um, so I would say that, like, you're right in that it does happen, but it happens in opposition to the fundamental teachings of that thing. Uh, see, I agree with you there, Tom. I, I can't blame a Christian of today who is a principled individual, you know, as Tom sounds like he he's a liberty-minded guy, I can't blame them for what their ancestors no, did. N- I've never right? said that any Christian living today had blood on their hands. Oh, okay. I said that Christianity no, does. I, yeah, I, I well, no, Christianity itself, you can, if, if you separate the instances of, uh, uh, of corruption and violence from the, the, the teachings itself, they're clearly opposed. It's not murky. Like when you start actually studying uh, biblical text, it, it and you know, and all of the uh, church history and all of that stuff, the story really just shows that people are corruptible, man. And that's like the sure. Overall that's a that's story a true of- uh, that's true of all of the religions, the world religions. That I mean, basically, certainly the major ones that had had some sort of great leader at one time or a founder. And then fell away from that person's teachings. I mean, it's certainly true in uh, Buddhism. It's true in in Islam, uh, and so on. Uh, so let's get back to the original question that you said you were going to answer, which was the question oh, yeah. about the Son of God. Arya said earlier that 
It's her understanding, having been raised in a, uh, a Christian church in the South, Ari, that Christians seem to be of two mindsets about Jesus. On one hand, they call him the Son of God, but on the other hand, they call him God. So can you clear that up? Yeah, I'll try to. I'm a bit rusty. Um, it's been a few years since I've been out of some. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't been. But uh, the um, so there's a fundamental misunderstanding, and I think that comes from a lot of imagery uh, that has been adopted in uh, mainstream media of like what God is and what hell is. Like we get like this depiction of hell from Dante's Inferno, and all, there's no that, that's a complete fabrication of fiction. And I mean, it's it's a it's a great book, but it doesn't actually. The whole idea of hell is a fabrication, hell. but you're probably not going to agree with me on that. So go ahead. What's no. what, what what's the no, point I mean, about? Out, sorry, sorry, sorry. Outside the confines of actual biblical scripture, what is understood as Dante's Inferno is not. So it's not actually uh, a proper um, definition. Okay, but okay. about the Jesus question, about the sorry, Jesus sorry, question, okay. let's focus on that. Right, right. So. So in a similar way, like, you know, you're watching uh, Monty Python's Holy Grail, right? You get this, like, dude in the sky with a beard and all that stuff. It's fun, but it's actually, it's, it, it, I don't know, how, what would you describe? It's just kind of like a, 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 a fairy tale version of trying to kind of put an image to something that we can't really uh, explain without hours and hours and hours of discussion. And I know that's a weak answer. But I, it was I'm a non-answer. Yeah, you haven't even answered the question <laughs> at all. I mean, what do Christians I, I, actually believe about? Sorry, am I, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, asking this question wrong, Arya. Is it what do Christians like you believe about Jesus? Is he the Son of God or is he God or can you be both? You know, what's the answer there? Yeah, that's exactly how I would ask it. So Jesus is referred to as Logos or the Word uh, in the Bible. So if you can think of like your words being like proceeding from your mouth being uh, uh, like your an essence of yourself, but also like your the, the child of you, as it were. Uh, is that the, I, I'm, not, I'm not making much sense on that, but it's kind of like your product. Well, right? let me re-explain the question then, product. right? Your word is your product as well. Because like so, I'm Aria Demetso, right? And that makes sense. And when people say, "Look, there's Aria," but now if someone was to say, "No." You're Aria, and you're Aria's kid. Well, there's obviously a bit of a problem here. So uh, I yeah, need that explained to me. I, right, that's what I was trying to say. Is like there's a lot of nuance here, and there's a lot of uh, textual criticism that goes on with this, and understanding how languages works, um, and, and translational pro- uh, not problems necessarily, but like just using condensing it down to word, one word. It was never intended to do that. That's why we have sermons to kind of unpack these ideas. What was never intended to do? Are you saying that Jesus is not the son of God? I am not saying that at all. Are you saying that Jesus is not God? Look, look, those are two really simple questions, man. Well, it could be both, right? Like from my perspective, Tom, uh, sorry, Jesus is both. Okay, Jesus is yeah. God, and Jesus is also the Son of God in the same way that we're all sons and daughters of God. Because you know, from my perspective as a panentheist, no. I think we're all connected to and we're all a part of that God. So, is Jesus There's both, or is he one or the other? It's a lot of equivocations of the of the word "son," um, and you know, like you know, some some languages have a bunch of definitions of the word love or different versions of the word love. We condense it down to one word. So it's difficult to say, well, it's like the son being a product or the son being a child or, you know, that kind of a thing. Like, 
it, it gets difficult. Dude, you've had it, minutes to answer this question at this point, and you have not made it any more clear, speaking of equivocation. So you have no clear way, clear way to answer this simple question. It's not a simple question. I tried <laughs> it's, okay. to it's pretty that. damn simple, right, man. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Tom. I do appreciate your attempt, at least. I, appreciate I, I do appreciate it as explaining well. Explaining your, your beliefs. Uh, I want to be fair to the Christians. I know this is a, you know, people a have question. dedicated yeah. their lives to understanding this question, but like, okay, then explain it to someone. Both seems like <laughs> the best answer to me, but uh, that's apparently not right, according to him. There's more coming up here in moments. You can join the show. Hour number two is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Is Free Talk Live. You can join the show here and bring up whatever you want. We're kicking off the second hour talking about world religions and a rise in popularity, apparently, of the satanic churches out there, at least according to the Telegraph, which is looking at the numbers, at least in the UK. I don't know if they have numbers for the US, but uh, in a lot of cases, what's true in the UK tends to be mirrored to some extent. Uh, in the United States, we are seeing that uh, fewer people are identifying with Christianity as well. It's not just the Satanists that are on the rise. Other religions are increasing uh, their numbers. But the number of people who describe themselves as no religion is also uh, going up more so than probably any other. Uh, so it's Ian and Aria in the studio here tonight, but also our phones are open. That means you can call in and talk about anything you want. Coming up, though, the chat GPT, the latest on this artificial, so-called artificial intelligence, uh, it's, it continues to be in the news. It's you know, a big deal. It's hard not to talk about it. Yep. And you've got a story about it, Aria, about uh, possibly putting writers out of business, which is kind of what chat GPT does. It writes things. Yes. You can give it an assignment and it'll crank it out in less than a minute, I think, in, in most cases. So we'll talk about that coming up here, and uh, let's first go to your phone calls and thoughts, though. Robert is on the line, listening in Daytona Beach. Go ahead, Robert. Hi. Uh, I'm glad to uh, talk with you. I would like to address Aria. I uh, was reading a book uh, by a doctor, and this is medical uh, doctor, psychology and all that, but uh, they, uh, the thing was she discussed uh, Paris, a term called Paris. It's an acronym for partial androgen receptor insensitivity syndrome. Hold on, and one more time. Partial androgen receptor insensitivity, insensitivity syndrome. syndrome. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it means that at conception, the uh, egg is. Uh, got a genetic mutation that prevents it from uh, developing uh, completely uh, when it's, re when it's re responding to a Y chromosome. And uh, so what happens is the Y chromosome sends a signal and the, and the, uh, the egg uh, just uh, does not uh, develop uh, or the body ends up Developing and then uh, the uh, <clears throat> the female is the dominant, uh, like a default development. Uh, so it's sort of like an explanation for the existence of intersex people, like XXY people, and 
other intersex types? I, I, I don't, I don't yes. know. Yes, there's a physiology she claims in her book uh, called The Story of Testosterone, the Hormone That Dominates and Divides Us. Okay, hold on. Before we get too deep into this, as somebody who's kind of on the outside of this, I mean, yeah, Aria, you and I work together, but I don't know what an intersex person is. So can you explain that to me? Yeah, sure. So everyone tends to have two chromosomes, a two chromo- uh-huh. a chromosome pair, XX, female, or XY male. But in reality, we've learned that it's a little more complicated than that. And there's a lot of people running around. We don't know what percentage. I suspect it's probably like 1% or less than 1% who are XXY or maybe even XYY. I don't, I don't know because I don't know all of the details about intersex. But it's an explanation for some people like the, um, the, the black woman who is like a really good sprinter. They, they tested her for testosterone and they ended up kicking her out with just an ordinary cis woman, right? Huh. And part of the explanations put forward by people on the internet was that she's actually intersex and just doesn't know. And that's why she had so such high levels of testosterone. So just to clarify something, the XXY and what was the other one? Y... I don't know that XYY is a thing. XYY. Whatever they are, the three uh, yeah, chromosomes right. together... Can they have either um, geni- genitals? I mean, Presumably. Okay. Uh, it, it's, I don't think it has much to do with their actual anatomy. So it doesn't show, thing, per right. se, in a certain way. Okay. I believe so. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And this, uh, this author claims that it exactly uh, has to do with anatomy. So this is maybe controversial in many circles. Uh, in fact, uh, this person was... Uh, uh, petitioned against in her university to be thrown off her, the faculty because there's such uh, controversy uh, concerning her. Uh, Wait, so this person study. this person said that the well, she, intersexism said, is related to anatomy? Is, is that right? It's hermaphrodism? Hermaphroditism? Uh, well, uh, not exactly. It's uh, this uh, developmental disorder where a person, uh, her her prime uh, subject was a, a woman who uh, was actually a male, but uh, because of the default... Uh, uh, so she was a trans uh, man, I think, is what uh, you're saying. The thing, the, the default development order of her body, or his body... Uh, he had all, or she had all the attributes of a female body, and but uh, she had male uh, organs, but they had not developed. They they stayed inside of her. Okay, hold on a second. And, but the outside, when you say, I just outside, want to clarify what you're saying here. When you say she had all of the attributes of a female body, but male yeah. organs were there, but they had they were inside of her. Is that what you just said? Yeah, in the blood, uh, it cr- it creates a disorder. She had. This person had complete androgen insensitivity syndrome disorder. So she, uh, or he, well, she. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Exactly Just pick like one. A female, a perfect female specimen. Okay. Except, yeah, so uh, it was a trans. I mean, did this person no, even say, suggest that you know, she was a she was in fact a man, or is this just they well, uncovered this by doing some other biological test on the person question well, did biological testing on her uh hair to uh determine uh what her uh blood level of uh hormones was and that uh she uh generated uh these 
male characteristics indicating that she had te uh, testes, but not ovaries. They are able so to just okay. to clarify what I, you're saying here, you're saying this woman who had a vagina also yeah. had testicles inside of her somewhere instead of ovaries. Yeah, and the ovaries did not ever appear and is in she, her body. Okay, did they yeah. actually yeah. demonstrate yeah. this, or did they just two, test her testosterone level and say, wow, that's high, you must have a pair? This is, this is very uh, interesting. I found it fascinating, and it was a comfort to me to uh, understand how doctors approach uh, this condition. But this, uh, no, I mean, so, woman, so what did they do with this woman? Because, I mean, if, if she's well, got testicles inside of her then there there are procedures that could like definitively prove that but it sounds yeah. like she's just saying oh well her testosterone levels are high she must you know have testicles yeah which one is it well the doctors are offering to uh do operations on her to correct her but she was comfortable in her own body okay. the way it is so uh but you still didn't answer the question uh maybe you don't know which is fine uh, does this woman have actual testicles inside of her, or are they just presuming that because she has a lot of testosterone? No, they absolutely uh, defined her testes, and uh, that's uh, you said they de defined that's different compared to her body. Uh, her body was off uh, in all other ways female. Were they and, located uh, in a different place it, besides yeah, where her ovaries would be? See, in the development, uh, prog in progress development, the testes actually descend into the abdomen, descend down. But in this uh, resistant, uh, androgen resistant uh, state uh, condition, they do not descend. And so the default position, the default development, uh, progress of the body becomes female in all other ways. Could she? Has, okay, so she has no ovaries, so she has no eggs, yeah, but she, she does have testicles. testicles. Amazing. Yeah. It, it sounds to me the way this call began. You suggested I might have this. It sounds like I would. I could potentially have the exact opposite of this, but I, I assure you, <laughs> you have. I testicles. do have testicles. <laughs> well, and it, they did yeah. in fact descend. <laughs> it can. It can. Uh, it can. It's, that's why it's a wide range of uh, development uh, anomalies, you could say, uh, okay. because of this uh, exceptional. Well, there condition. you go. So that so the point of your call is to just simply bring up this Paris thing, bring it to uh, our listeners and Aria's attention, and let, and let you know that it's a comfort to me to actually know this and understand uh, the world. A little better. All right. Very good, Robert. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. Kind of hard to get a grasp on there in the beginning, but I think we kind of sussed out some of the important information. So That's generally not how know. I expect calls to go when people want to call in and talk about gender and anatomy and yeah. stuff with me. I usually expect it to go a completely different direction. Certainly an unusual uh, discussion there. The number is 603-283-6160. We were talking about religion and uh, the, you know, the decline in Christianity, increases in the number of Satanists and other various different uh, belief systems. According to The Telegraph over in the UK, they're looking at 
what they consider to be a wider trend. Dr. David Robertson, who's a lecturer on religious studies at the Open University, said, quote, the appeal of a lot of new religions, including Satanism, is that they offer a form of religion that directly addresses the social issues that matter more to younger people, especially their willingness to be activists. And not only do they offer an opportunity for this sort of stuff to actively challenge laws, but also to appeal to the activists among the young people. Isn't that what he just said? Uh, Professor Linda Woodhead, head of the Department of Theology and Religious Studies at King's College, added that Satanism is a young person's religion, but that, quote, the bigger phenomenon we're seeing is the incredible diversification of the religious and spiritual landscape. She says further, there's not, or there's rather now, a lot of solitary exploration, which is what I was discussing earlier, where somebody leaves a organized religion and then just figures out for themselves what their belief system is and should be. I don't know that it's fair to say that Satanism is a young person's religion. Certainly, Satanism is a newer religion. It's been around for less than, what, 100 years or something? Certainly. Certainly less than 100. I don't know exactly how long. I think LaVey was like early 50s. 50s. Or Crowley maybe was 50s. I I, Mm -hmm. I don't know the exact time frame. But it it rose up around the prevailing cultural ideas of the day, the counter-cultural ideas of the day, specifically, which was pro-tolerance, pro-love, uh, in a lot of cases, free love and the mm. hippie movement and stuff like that. that. That's the environment in which Satanism grew. And this stodgy, no, you you can't you can't be a man wearing a dress. You can't do drag shows or mm-hmm. you can't do as you can't smoke pot. You can't do any of these things that Christians generally didn't want people to do or just conservative Christian society in general didn't want people to do. Christian uh, Satanism rose in an era where there was a lot of pushback against that. And because of that, it encompasses a lot of the ideas that those countercultural movements took on. Mm -hmm. So that's going to appeal to people who are younger, but that's just because Satanism was born in that particular culture that caused it to have these to give it 500 years and Satanism is going to be a dinosaur like Christianity is today. Could be. Yeah, it's hard to say what religion would look like, you know, 500 years from now. Uh, although Christianity is still very popular, right? Like it's still 46% of the uh, people in the UK at the moment. Uh, they say further here there's a lot of solitary exploration, particularly with the internet, and you can find anything to fit your particular identity, interests, values, or beliefs. And that's an interesting point here because, you know, and one of the reasons why Satanism is probably on the rise now, you know, in the 50s or whatever, it would have only been able to be spread by word of mouth. There weren't yeah. going to be easily accessible information in any place for about Satanism. Like it, you would have to hear about it from someone, and then maybe they'd give you a book. Because the odds that you're going to be able to go down to Barnes and Noble or you know Amazon wouldn't exist, right? The the, the local bookstore probably didn't carry uh, the Satanic Bible, so you wouldn't be able to get any good information from any kind of source in the early days. Now you can, and that explains why they're they're seeing. Um, this sort of, what was the word that they used? Diversification of uh, the religious and spiritual landscape because now you're not locked in as easily to whatever your parents were, which is what a lot of people, you know, that's how people grow up, right? Like your parents are a certain belief. They pass that on to you. Most people don't question it. Well, now you have the opportunity to come across all kinds of other alternatives. It's not just the church across the street anymore that's trying to, you know, beckon you in. It's every church everywhere in the in the world has equal access, or at least you have equal access to to its information or their information. Yeah, I wish I was, you know, 
one of these teenagers today who's got all of these opportunities, because I look back, I was tremendously curious about Buddhism. Mm -hmm. Right after I left Christianity and I was exploring other religions, Buddhism always had a certain appeal to me, just on the the few things that I knew about it, like the Four Noble Truths, I think, was the extent of what I knew about Buddhism. And it appealed to me. I was like, I want to learn more about this. But there was no Buddhist temple nearby that mm-hmm. I could go visit. There, there was nothing. There was no group of people I could go and talk to. Maybe I could check a book out from the library, but is that really going to do me any good? Probably not. I could probably... No, but th- that, that would have required getting my lazy father to take me to the library, and yeah. that would have never happened. And they certainly weren't going to carry these books at my you know, uh, high school's library. Right. So the opportunities were very limited. The internet did exist then, but we didn't have it. Not, not mm, everyone did have the yeah. internet back then. I wish I could have explored that with the tools of today where they're like, oh, I'm curious. This is what I think, you know, yep. just enter whatever you you happen to believe into a search engine. It'll, it'll pop up. The top result is maybe check out this religion. You, right. Oh, you, you believe that all living beings suffer and that this suffering causes unhappiness and blah, 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 blah. Google that. Voila. Buddhism. Check out Buddhism. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely a changed environment completely. I I did have the internet in the 1990s when I was a, a teenager, and so I That's was. Right. You were like one of the first, weren't you? Well, I mean, I don't know about that, but I mean, okay. I was certainly uh, I was online. I don't mean one, like one of the first people, but okay, I don't know what I meant. I was certainly online as early as probably 1994 or some in that somewhere in that range. And that was early on. We got cable modems in uh, Sarasota County in 1996, if I recall correctly. We were the first, I think, test market for Comcast, uh, or one of the first okay. test markets for Comcast. So I, I've I've been on broadband for uh, for a very very long time. Yeah, no and, doubt. And I, I grew up as a... Uh, I was using dial-up as late as like 2000, <laughs> 2008, oh, I man, think. man, that's brutal. <laughs> wow. Mississippi, man. It's yeah. it's back there. Uh, so I grew up as a uh, Presbyterian Christian. And I can't tell you what the difference is between a Presbyterian Christian and any other Christian <laughs> was. If it but, helps, I couldn't either for yeah. the most part. I know that Baptists and Methodists, that they disagree about baptism. Yeah, I know they get the Baptists get the full dunking in the, in yeah. the pool. And the only reason I know that is because there was a Baptist church near my neighborhood, and my neighborhood's association or whatever had their meetings at the church, and I was bewildered at how big their bathtub was. Like, it was just a human-sized, like, tall-level bathtub that you could completely submerge somebody in it's like wow that's pretty wild um so anyway uh that's how i grew up but i did discover on the internet uh i think the organization was called american atheists the american atheists and they had a website way back in the the 1990s and the mid 90s and so that's how i learned a lot about you know all of the contradictions in the bible i certainly hadn't read the whole thing or anything like that uh, but they uh, they're very informative information that that absolutely helped me. I mean, I was already on the the path of questioning things, but getting those questions answered was something you couldn't do in church, right? Like that's that right. was the problem. They didn't have the answers to the questions that I had, but the internet did. Um, of course, I ended up becoming a panatheist um, probably a decade after that. So I was like an atheist for probably about ten years before I finally uh, sort of rediscovered God. But uh, if you want to share your thoughts here on the the rise of Satanism, the number is 603-283-6160. The Reverend Diarmid McCullough, the emeritus professor of the history of the church at the University of Oxford, said, I'd say all these are symptoms of people who've been disappointed by other religions or who may only know them superficially and who are looking for a system of belief to make their own, since our society encourages individual consumer choice and research, he said. 
contrary to the stereotypes. It's interesting. Who who was this? He was an um professor at where now? Professor of the history of the church. I wonder if he knows that he basically just quoted one of the openings of one of the chapters of the Satanic Bible. I bet he does not. Which know is that. effectively that every every religion that's ever existed, every god that humans have ever worshipped, was just invented by human beings. Sure. So make up your own god and worship that. Contrary to the stereotypes, only a fringe minority of Satanists actually worship the devil. Instead, the religion's fascination with Satan is more metaphorical, identifying with the figure of the rebel as epitomized in the protagonists of John Milton's epic poem, Paradise Lost. Satanists generally do not believe in a higher power and instead revolve around a religion of the self, believing that it's up to individuals to define their own moral code and to develop themselves as their own godheads. Which is all really familiar? good. It, it's all really good, and I really, really like it. And I can see how the Church of Satan became what it became because it got wrapped up in the you mean corrupted. Yes, it got wrapped up in the democratic ideology that by becoming part of this this other thing, this great country, this America, we can be better. We can this other thing that's greater than us, but is totally not God. Yes, <laughs> that's effectively what they did, yeah. and, and it's sad because as the, this guy pointed out in this article, Satanism is adversarial. It is about rebellion mm. against the king, the arbitrary authority of a god or king or ruler, because look, look at the Bible from any rational perspective, and Yahweh is a brutal tyrant. He yeah. commands, he yep. says, do this, and if you don't, I'm die. going to punish yeah. You well, that's exactly. I need what, sacrifice. Yeah, that's all governments say is do this or yeah. we'll punish you. And if right. you ask them, well, well, why? Those will be because we said so. Right, and and the government wants you to sacrifice your value to them all the time. Yep. And Lucifer came along, or Satan, and said, "No, uh, we're the light bringer." Right, we're going to rebel against this. We're going to think for ourselves. We're going to challenge authority, question authority, and we're going to demand account- authority, hold itself accountable. And of course, authority figures they don't like that at all. So, mm-hmm. like Zeus did to Prometheus, or. Or Yahweh did to Lucifer, or churches do, not churches, uh, governments do to rebellious people all the time, off with his head. Yeah. Uh, However, this does not preclude Satanists from having fun getting, quote, having fun getting together and doing rituals in the forest, unquote, by candlelight encircled and enrobed. Chaplain Leopold, this is the guy from There's a lot of fun to be had in satanic rituals, man. (laughs) Uh, This is the guy from the Global Order of Satan UK. Chaplain Leopold said that ritual is used as a form of community bonding and meditation to give people the time to develop, quote, your own personal vision of yourself as Satan. You wouldn't recognize a Satanist most of the time if you pass them on the street, he said, but then we like to have the ritual space, which is when we don the robes and light the candles and hail Satan and everything else that we wish to do. He said further, because we embrace that aspect, it's almost like a form of mindfulness, a form of self-actualization. And while religions think they're casting magic spells when they perform their rituals, whereas we just believe that we're all coming together and affirming our bonds as humans. He said, you should never feel like it's a chore going to a satanic ritual. It should be like, oh, God, it's Sunday. We, he's saying, rather, it shouldn't be like, oh, God, it's Sunday. We have to go to church. It should be something you want to engage in that you're enjoying and benefiting from. And that should be true of anything that you do. I was going to say, many Christians enjoy going to church. Not, if you not don't, all of them dread it. But if you don't, you're going to the wrong place. Yeah. Right? Uh, there's more coming up here. The number is 603-283-6160. And there's a variety of Christian you know, options out there. Some of them are less stuffy. Uh, than than others, right? So uh, there's more coming up, though. You can share your thoughts and bring up whatever's on your mind here. We got chat GPT and more on religion on the way. Yeah! 
you. It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join the show here. I want to say thank you to our Free Talk Live supporters like Shooty, who is a member of our AMPS program. You can join Shooty. Shooty is uh, silver level, which means that he is doing five bucks a month. That's all we ask over at amps.freetalklive.com. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote. And support it is a way for you to get behind what we do here if you like us talking about the ideas of freedom and liberty and peace on a regular basis here on Free Talk Live, then you can join the AMPS program. And it will help us, hopefully, stay um, mostly advertiser-free. Uh, like I said before, I, if we never have another live sponsor again, I'd be totally fine with that. Uh, obviously, on a radio show, we still have to have commercial breaks just because... We would never get on any commercial radio stations if we didn't, so those right. will stay. Well, we- I would assume if that was the case, then they would just like do a hard cut when we when we were talking, like in the middle of a yeah, conversation. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Why okay. would you want to do that? Um, I wouldn't want to. Yeah, someone our- on LRN used to do that, didn't they? They would just like talk right through. They would just ignore it, and then it would yeah, come back. I and really hated can- that, too, <laughs> when that happened. Um, that doesn't happen anymore, thank goodness. But that's because we got rid of all the other live shows on uh, on LRN. But anyway, we're continuing here, and uh, we you know we really appreciate your direct support. That makes this possible. And but we could use some more of it because like technically we don't technically have the bills paid here from direct support. Uh, so if we want to continue with no advertisers, I let, like I said, I'd be totally fine with it. Uh, so please help us out like Shooty did over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. We've been talking about religion here, uh, specifically the satanic religions, which, as they point out here in the story at the Telegram, and as I'm sure Arya, you as a high priestess in the Reformed Satanic Church, would also agree with, the Satanists of today... They're not actually worshiping Satan per se. They don't believe in a uh, a devil or you know a guy with a tri what what is the uh, trident or whatever the yeah. Satan has. All of that stuff, all the imagery from Christianity, they they reject this sort of supernatural aspect or whatever of Satanism, and they embrace the individuality aspect, as you were saying, the rebellion uh, aspect, or at least supposedly, as you've uh, cr- criticized the. Satanic Church, the original Satanic Church, they said one thing, and then they did another thing, which was to say, support supposedly individuality, support rebellion, but then actually go and support the government and support the state, which is, of course, the antithesis of rebellion. It is the suppression of uh, rebellion and the suppression of individuality. And so those are some of the things that led you to found the Reformed Satanic Church, I presume? Yes, exactly those. Yeah. So, you know, not all satanic churches are created the same in the same way that not all uh, Christian churches are identical. So, you know, do your own research when it comes to this particular topic. Now, the satanic church we were introduced to tonight that, you know, they don't get into the specifics of its tenets or whatever is this new one to us, which was the uh, the Global Order of Satan UK. We should pull up, see if we can pull up their website at some point just to see, like at a glance, see if you can figure out like how they That's differ. A good point. If they differ from, uh, from the Church of Satan. Uh, but meanwhile here, there's a few more thoughts from the Telegraph story about the Satanists. Their numbers are increasing in uh, the UK. They've gone up 100, and, I believe it was like 140 or 170%, quite a bit in the last decade. Uh, from a couple thousand to about 5,000 individuals in the UK. 
And they're pointing out here that, uh, you know, when you go to a church, it should be a fun thing. And I think that's true whether we're talking about Satanism or we're talking about Christianity or something else. It shouldn't be a chore. It should be something that you enjoy. And that's just generally, uh, you know, that's generally, I think, a life truth is like if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Why wouldn't God want you to have a good time in whatever form of worship that you're doing? Despite well, a this- lot of these religions seem to be about not having a good time. Like yeah, that's true. Sacrificing a good time in this way, being miserable at, in return for some sort of better life in the next. Well, I mean, that may be their teachings or whatever, and we can criticize that. But I was just like meaning the, the actual form of worship, right? So like even though Christians okay. have that belief that you're talking about there, some of them are a little more fun with their worship, right? So like you go to a black church, they're singing, they're, they're, they got tambourines, they're dancing. They definitely seem to be having more fun than some stodgy old white church where they're, you know, singing from a hymnal and everyone's standing still and looking straight forward. Like there's a there's a significant difference in the the energy uh, of of that room. Yeah, but I don't know that I disagree that the that the Southern Baptists who are just standing there, you know, or sitting and singing alone in the hymnal are having less fun. Okay, I, I don't know either. I'll tell you, it wasn't fun for me as a kid growing no, up a <laughs> Presbyterian. But I think they probably just experience it differently Maybe. In, in the same way that I would have. Fun watching a a football game with you know friends hanging out drinking or whatever it mm-hmm. wouldn't be my choice of what to do but I would still have fun but I wouldn't be jumping up and down screaming and shouting when my team scored a goal right as a, as a friend might because you're not a true believer right uh, a little bit more here though Chaplain Leopold said that because of the stigma associated with Satanism many people may not feel comfortable to declare themselves as affiliated with the religion. So, I know that feeling all too well. So yeah, he maybe su- what he's suggesting here is that maybe the numbers are higher than what the official government numbers are suggesting. Malcolm Jerry, who's the co-founder of the Satanic Temple based in Salem, Massachusetts, suggested that the ONS figures, which is the that's their sense, uh, census over there in the UK, were a drastic underestimate. He said his organization, which was founded in 2012, has 21,996 members registered from the UK. So remember, they only found like 5,000 in the national census. Okay. So he's Basically. saying he knows of at least four times that many just for his satanic church, which wouldn't count the other uh, satanic churches that are represented there. It's and pretty impressive. Yeah. And he says they have around a million followers worldwide. Oh, okay. Yeah. Those are your, your Facebook likes don't count, dude. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is he <laughs> Is he counting followers here or is like facebook likes or is he actually saying they have members because he used the when term he says members. a million followers worldwide i don't think there's any way he means any sort of like membership Actual, database or anything dues like that. or something yeah. like that it's gotta just be i mean i don't think the libertarian party the national libertarian no. party of the u.s has a m- million people no hell no so, they don't, I don't think they even have a million uh, followers. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was like 700,000 or something the last time I looked. Yeah, so to, so to yeah. think that this one satanic organization in the United Kingdom has it, I mean, Satanism would be a much bigger deal if it had that level of popularity and notoriety. Yeah, now you, now you made me curious. I'm going to have to pull up the satanic temple. While you're doing that, I did happen I to it. pull up. 140,000 followers on Twitter. Okay. So well, something. Sorry, not, not awful. You were going to say. Yeah, I did happen to pull up their teachings. They don't. This is the Global Order of Satan. Yes. Okay. In that, the UK, they are very similar to the Satanic Temple's teachings. Okay. Uh, the Satanic Temple had seven. The Global Order of Satan has six, which I find curious. I'm, I want to know what they 
what they omitted, what they removed from the tennis of Satanism as defined by the Satanic Temple. But I want to get through them, but let me just get the, the rest of the – we're at the last paragraph here. So yeah. I'm going to just wrap this one out here. Uh, so the co-founder of the Satanic Temple claims over a million followers worldwide. He said – the demographics of the Satanic Temple membership are fairly broad, but certainly younger people tend to be more engaged in activism, so they are more visible. I think our rise in popularity is founded on having a set of principles and values that resonates with many people and our rejection of hypocrisy and corruption. I like it. So there you go. All right. So now with that, you have so these So what are six... those principles? Indeed. So uh, I don't have those here for the Satanic Temple, but you have them for the I have the global both the order. Satanic Temple and the Global Order pulled up. The uh, I, I only pulled up the Satanic Temple because I want to compare them. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay. going to have to do that after the break because it's too much information to process while also talking. Yeah, that's fine. So the Global Order of Satan has six fundamental pillars of what they believe. One, self-fulfillment and personal understanding allow us to support ourselves and therefore others. So, personal understanding and self-fulfillment, these are important things. Understandable. Yep. Oh, you got to be able to support yourself before you yep. can support someone else. Number two is respect the inviolable body, autonomous will, and sovereign right of every individual to guide their own life and being, remembering that enjoyment of these rights is predicated on respect for the same and others. Yes, this is a pretty big one here. Respect of the inviolable body. Inviolable meaning that, that thou shalt not violate right. someone else's body. Yes. And that's almost identical to the wording of the Satanic Temple, which is one's body is inviolable, subject to one's will alone. Okay. I like the Satanic Temple's better because it's shorter. And yeah. I guess the point of, same shorter, point across. Yeah. Shorter is yeah. usually better if you can make the same point. That much is absolutely true. However, they do rightly point out that enjoy remembering that enjoyment of these rights, autonomy and inviolable body, requires you to respect those same rights in others. Okay. I, I like that. Uh, the, do they hold to it? That's the question. Because you know the, know the Church of Satan has fallen from their principles. This one's a relatively new church as of 2012, so they haven't been around for that long, just barely a decade uh, at this point. So are they still sticking with it, uh, or are they not so much? And if you are involved with the Satanic Temple and you want to call in here and, and share your thoughts on what's the reality on the ground of what are the members, what are the, uh, I don't know if you call them ministers or preachers or whatever, uh, what, what's the term out? Priestesses? Priest, yeah, priestesses? It probably varies from one yeah. group to the next on what they prefer to be called. Yeah. Are these people actually respecting, not violating the you know individuality and the bodies of others, or are they advocating for the state? Because well, I would suggest doing... the Satanic Temple, so far, in my experience with them, is holding true to its stated beliefs. Okay. I mean, so I mean, far, no my, perfect. the only thing I ever hear about them is that they challenge the state on inclusivity, which seems totally legit yeah. uh, to me. They do that, and they also argue for abortion rights and pro-choice things and pro-acceptance and tolerance. So in my experience, they do that. They, they do uphold their beliefs, but maybe I'm wrong. Number three, science, evidence, reason, and critical thinking should guide our beliefs about our universe. Truly critical thinking can only be – if they, they meant mm. true. True critical thinking can only be achieved by challenging your own preconceptions and opinions – Providing a more balanced outlook to help us make better informed decisions. Another good one, however, you know, it makes me wonder what were they saying during COVID, right? So they're right. talking about challenging your own opinions and challenging, you know, standard beliefs or whatever. That sounds like a really good litmus test. Like, yeah. Let's find out what the global order of Satan was saying about you know, masks and vaccines during COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Number four, act with empathy, compassion and wisdom towards yourself and others. Hard okay. to argue with anything there. I like there. that one. 
Number five, justice. That's a pretty universal one, too. It is. Right? From, from pretty much any religion out there, you're going to hear something like that. Number five is also very similar to one of the uh, fundamental tenets of the Satanic Temple. Justice always takes precedence over law, institutions, and religious texts, as long as the pursuit of it does not countermand these pillars. And I don't, I don't like huh? that at all. Yeah. What they're Seems trying contradictory. to say. Yes. What they're trying to say is, let me find it. The struggle for justice. Where is it? Are you looking for the Satanic Temple one? Yeah, and I had it pulled up in front of me, but I haven't been able to find them yet on on their website. Otherwise, I would have had. Every them. tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word, which is basically the same thing. The law doesn't matter. Justice mm-hmm. is what matters. And too many people get caught in this mindset of, oh, well, the law says this, and therefore that's what justice is. Satanism exists to point out that, no, just because the law says doesn't mean it's just. Indeed, there's plenty of examples of that in Christianity, right, where God said A, B, and C, and it's like, well, that ain't right. And the global order of Satan seems to be setting themselves up here to say is a do as we say, not as we do kind of thing, Mm. as long as the pursuit of it does not countermand the pillars, the great pillars of Of the law of the glorious global order of Satan. Oh, I thought they were talking about the pillars of the law. Read the read the whole thing. Well, these are the six pillars. Justice always takes precedence over laws, institutions and religious texts. As long as the pursuit of justice does not I countermand see. the pillars. Okay. So well, I see what they're saying. Like if you're, if it counter countermands being empathetic or what the whatever the previous one said, then you wouldn't want to do that. I I don't know if if I want to establish any. I think it's unwise mm-hmm. to establish a sort of hard rule like that, where you know you must never act without empathy, because maybe there's a scenario in which it's better to not act with compassion. Like perhaps impossible though it is, right? Mm-hmm. We can all imagine a scenario where if you murdered an infant, the world would be a better place. But if you acted with empathy, you would not murder that infant, right? Are we talking like, about baby Hitler right uh, now? Absolutely, <laughs> right. And it's it's a silly argument, but it it goes to show that none of these hard and fast rules are always going to hold mm. up in every single scenario. So that tends so th- to be true about rules. Yeah. So just don't make the rule. Just say yeah. justice takes precedence over lost institutions and religious texts. Leave it at that. Okay. Number six, all people make mistakes. Allow them to correct those mistakes as we seek acceptance in others over our own. Agreed. And I like that one. I think that's also one of the satanic temple um, tenets as well. Is it? No that's practicing forgiveness. Yeah, right? No that's one's perfect. talking about. And I think it's imp- people are fallible, is what the Satanic Temple says. Mm-hmm. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have been caused. Wait, that one was Satanic Temple? Yeah. Okay, got it. The yeah. Satanic Temple is very, when you look at, when you listen to what the essence of what they're saying is, it's very libertarian in mm-hmm. its message. You know, mm-hmm. Justice, compassion, empathy, freedom. The freedom of others must be respected, including the freedom to offend. That's the Satanic yeah. Temple. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I gotta like that. One's body is inviolable. Have you ever considered going down to Salem? I've been to Salem. And visiting their uh, their home office? No. I'm talking about Salem, Massachusetts? Yeah, I've oh, been okay. to Salem, Massachusetts. Um, but you didn't go? You didn't stop by the Satanic Temple home offices while you were there? I was there for... I was giving a friend a ride there. He was buying a car, mm-hmm. and he just needed a ride there and back, so I, I didn't hang oh, around. Oh, darn it. Yeah. That could have been fun. But I, you know, I living as close to Salem, Massachusetts, I know. I'm, I'm a horrible Satanist for not having done it already. <laughs> You got to make a pilgrimage. Uh, I know, right? I know, man. Let's go to the phones here. We got Joe in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Ian? How you're you doing on the air. What's you? on your mind? 
Okay, let's talk about, uh, you guys were wondering uh, who Jesus Christ is. Uh, going to the castle and I see in 325, and I was raised Catholic, so this is what they said. They said he is both man and God, and God is three beings and one God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, so and you're saying the answer to the question is Jesus is both God and the God. Son of God? He's both man and God. He's not God. And he's also the son of God. He was, uh, you know. Sorry, your cell phone's kind of kind a little janky here. Can you repeat that one more time? You're saying he isn't God or he, he is God? Okay, he's both man and God. He's, he's man and God. So God. is he the son of God? Exactly. Yes, and he is also the son of God. Okay, so the answer, God, you're saying the answer is both. He is both God and yes. the son of God. Yes. Okay. How does that work, man? That makes the most sense to me. How does that work? Okay. I can't be my own parent. If you're God, you can. God is three beings in one God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, that's the part that doesn't make any sense to me. You don't see any any issue there with saying that God is three beings who are one being, who are three beings, who are one being, is our That's the part that makes makes absolutely no sense. I mean, why wouldn't God be all the beings? Well, he is. Okay. God's three beings in one spirit. Well, that's not the same thing. I, <laughs> I said all yes, of the is. beings. All of the beings. He, he's all the beings incorporated. Okay, so... So, so would, none of them are God, but by, by their powers combined, they you, are God. Would you say that you're a, pan, a pantheist? No, I believe in God. Yahweh. God of the Bible. Okay. Okay, well, I just want to clarify what you're saying then. So... Yeah. You're saying that your God is a Christian God? He's Catholic, Christian. But really, see, here's what happened. The Christians spun off from Catholicism. So they don't worship everything that the Catholics do. Okay. So they probably won't be saved. That's one of the things that amazes me about Christianity. If you look at just one denomination of Christianity and one denomination of Islam, then every single soul on this planet, every single person alive is believed to be destined to eternal torture by someone else on this planet. And that, that's exactly. what... It's horrifying. No, that's not, and you say that, I mean, you say exactly like that's not a horrifying thing, dude. That's, that's absolutely grotesque. That is Christianity and Islam. That's Yahweh's great gift to the world. Everyone believes everyone else is doomed to eternal torture and they're okay with it. How can you, Joe, I got to say, I'm really confused by what you're saying here because it sounded to me like you said a moment okay. ago, it sounded like you said God is all of things and all religions, but then you just said that you think that only one particular belief system will be saved? Did I misunderstand you? Exactly. That's what I said, because uh, they don't keep the same law and they don't keep the same canon. Huh? Okay, but is there there God the same God that you worship? Yeah. Well, it it all depends. Some people think... uh, What does God say? God says he's uh, ultimate. Okay, but is only one group... What does Joe believe? Does Joe believe... Do you believe that only one group of people is going to be saved? Who am I to believe that? I'm I'm Catholic. I believe what I was taught, and I don't know. I'm just 
What, you know, what do you what, believe, what I, man? Well, wait, wait. What do Catholics believe? Do Catholics believe that only Catholics will be saved, or do they believe something else? Well, if you, sorry, you broke up. One more time. If you were raised correctly, yes. Yes, because Catholics keep, believe yeah, that only Catholics keep, will be saved. Right, because you keep the Lord, you keep the Lord's canon, you keep the Lord's law. So, just to clarify, right. you believe? Do you believe that as a Catholic? Well, I'm nobody. It's okay to believe but that, man. It, Just yes or no. I'm nobody. Let me, let me say, I'm nobody and not rich, but I'm nobody when it comes to you know telling you what to do or say. I'm not asking uh, you to tell but, me what to do or say. I'm asking what you believe. I believe I have a better path to heaven by being a Catholic and believing in Catholic canon and Catholic God. What will happen to the people who do not believe in Catholicism? I'm not God, so I Okay. <laughs> It's fair enough to say you don't know, yeah, right? I, I That's a fair answer know, to say but, you don't know. Okay, fair enough. But no, whatever it is, it's not. It's hey, the but, opposite of being saved. It's, it's what the Catholics are the ones being saved from question mark, right? Exactly. Okay. But we don't know what this question mark is that Yahweh intends to do to all of the people who aren't Catholics. Exactly. But it's probably a bad thing, it's right? It's what you believe. I'm not telling you okay. to believe the way I believe. And well, thank you, because it would have worked anyway if, you, if you'd done it. Right, I'm not trying to convert anybody. Yeah. I'm just okay. saying that's my belief. All right, yeah, fair enough. And you are entitled to it, sir, and thank you for the call. I appreciate you explaining it to uh, answer those. T- they're tough questions, so thank you. I was just curious. For thank that. you. Uh, let's go to Chuck. He's in Washington. Chuck, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Aria. Wow. Um, uh, I just wanted to say, uh, I don't mean to attack any of the callers or anything like that, but... Uh, um, how do I, it sounds like he's got a better fire insurance plan and how do I take advantage of that? You're talking about our last Hello? caller? Yeah. That's got to be some sort of joke that I don't it's, get. It's some kind of joke. Well, a fire insurance plan is refer- referencing to uh, the belief system that some of the Christians have when they say that, w- w- when you challenge them and say, well, how can you believe in this? And then they say, well, it's better to go to hell than heaven. So ultimately, at the end of their life, it's a, an insurance system. Oh, isn't that Pascal's wager? They just believe hard enough. I don't know. But if you just believe hard enough, then you'll get there. You know what I mean? And if you just believe my way, which is the right way, You'll get there with me. Yeah, see, I don't, so, I don't agree at all, and uh, th- this is sort of my issue. I, I tend to think, that, look, I'm, I'm not a violent and petty god in the way that Yahweh is defined or described, but I'm not a god at all. And I tend to think, if I was, and I had someone here who was worshiping someone else, let's say there was Ian and I, we both were universes. My people are worshiping Ian. And some of them, some of my people are worshiping no one. They're just saying, we don't know what to believe, so we're not believing anything. It seems to me like the ones who don't believe anything are preferred over the ones who are actively worshiping a different god. So it seems to me like the, the consequences of picking the wrong god are higher and worse than the consequences of picking no god at all. Isn't it kind Depends. of magic, though, do you think? I mean, it kind of gets into the whole notion of... Uh, of you know, magic and that sort of thing. Well, it's only magic as in, like, the these religious beliefs have cast a spell over individuals. Well, yes, they do. I mean, let's talk about that, because 
there was a guy, I can't remember this guy's name. He's a genius. Uh, he gets in, uh, interviewed on Joe Rogan quite regularly, um, and he talks about mushrooms and everything like that. But he talks about, uh, uh, well, let's talk about the, in the Catholic belief, the, the whole... Uh, Hold that uh, thought, Chuck. I want to make sure you have a chance to express it here fully. The mushroom guy. I think I know who he's talking about. I do not. But I don't know his name. He's like probably the most preeminent like mycologist out there right now. Stamets? Paul Stamets? I think that might be his name. Uh, there's more coming up here. Hour number three is on the way. You can share your thoughts on religion or whatever's on your mind here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join the show. And we're kicking off the third hour here with you tonight. It's Ian and Aria talking about the shifting religious beliefs out there amongst the people in, at least in the Western uh, world. We focused a little bit on the UK numbers, which are probably similar to the uh, to the US, where Christianity, the number of that is going down, the percentage of population that follows Christianity going down, uh, the number of non-religious people on the rise, the number of Satanists on the rise. Actually, the number of a lot of things are on the rise. Buddhists, uh, Islam, and and a few others. Uh, numbers are up. Not, not not much, not significantly or anything like that. But, but they are up. Christianity is way down. And so that's what we've been focusing on here tonight, especially on the Satanic Temple and the uh, Global Order of Satan, which we were just reading the uh, pillars, the six pillars, I believe it was. I think that was what they said, yeah. Uh, and we were going through some of that. There were some questions that we had. Uh, Arya, you were raised Christian. I was as well, both in the South, but you were in the real South. You were in uh, Mississippi. I was yeah. just on the West Coast of Florida. <laughs> anyway. And, you know, I had a lot of these questions answered by Christians throughout most of my life, but some of these things, and look, I know when I ask a Christian out there to explain the Trinity, I know it's a trick question. You're not going to get a good answer. Well, I know I'm not going to get a good answer, and I know it's only something I wouldn't ask them if I, if I thought they could actually give me a good answer. Hmm. The, the problem with the Trinity is that it's complete nonsense. It makes absolutely no sense, and they have to write thousands upon thousands of words, redef- redefining this word to mean that word, and oh, well, we meant some, but we don't really mean some. What we really meant by son is parent, or whatever it is. They jumped through yeah. all of these mental gymnastics. We had gymnastics. this one guy call in who seemed, you know, quite intelligent, but he yeah. could not make heads nor tails. I couldn't understand what he was saying when we asked him that question. About the Holy the Trinity. Trinity, like many aspects of Christianity, it just exists in this sphere of things that we refuse to think about. We say so, and that's yes. all you need to know. And that Christians are big. That's one of their favorite things. And the Holy Trinity, more than anything else in Christianity, is that that. It, yes, Jesus is God's son. Yes, Jesus is God. Yes, that means he's his own son. Don't think about it. Just go with and it. And there's this whole Holy Ghost thing as well, which is a thing. Yeah. Whatever that is. So let's go back to Chuck. He's on the line in Washington State. Chuck, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. You are the Holy Ghost. you talking about it right now. All right. That's part of the magic I was talking about the last hour. The magic within this whole idea of Christianity, contemporary Christianity, and I wasn't talking about Paul Stamets, by the way. I was talking about Duncan Trussell. Oh, okay. Uh, he, uh, I'm not familiar with him. Well, he uh, goes on coast to coast every once in a while. He's, uh, but anyway, uh, kind of a philosophical kind of guy. Okay. He uh, uh, made a point on Joe Rogan's show there that 
uh, when you're t- when he's talking to Christians about their belief system, and, and if you really think about it, it sounds like magic. It sounds like a bunch of magic that uh, that you know, the, uh, quite frankly, voodoo grabs from to make their uh, belief system work. I don't know what you mean. Um, well, okay, you, you don't know what I mean? No, can you explain what, what about Christianity suggests magic to you? Okay, yeah, Jesus Christ turning water into wine, for example. Okay, yeah, okay, magic. Okay, that's a good magic, example. right? Yeah, that's a, absolutely... Uh, uh, what about uh, the whole notion of a, uh, a virgin having a child? Well, that's absolute nonsense. That's not even magic at that point. But yeah, I mean, well, you're sure. discussing supernatural yeah. uh, occasions in the in the Bible, sure. Right. But when you when you go and uh, point that out to these Christians that are locked into their belief system and unwilling to go and take a look at other things and take a look at themselves as far as what they believe, no, you can't. No, that that. That's not magic. That's Jesus. That's God. That's Jesus and God. That's the Holy Trinity. That's that's. But that's not magic. But I mean, if you were talking, yeah, I get it. I mean, person, realistically, a prayer is nothing but an attempt to cast a spell, right? So I mean, I get it. It's just a different way of saying the same thing, mm-hmm. right? I mean, uh, you know darn well when you cast your spell, you're going to get hypnotized with your eyes. A heart of stone can turn to clay. You know. I mean, come on now. Chuck, thanks for the call tonight. I do appreciate hearing from you. Let's continue here with Wendy. She's also in Washington State. Go ahead, Wendy. Hi. I just wanted to bring up the Trinity. Okay, great. Okay. Um, I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. Oh, okay. Kind of in and out, yeah. And I never could commit to it. Hmm. I mean, I'm 64. My mother was in it when I was three and a half. Wow. Is when she came into it. But what did, when did they Trinity. ask you to, uh, before we get to the Trinity thing, I mean, Jehovah's Witness is kind of an interesting uh, religion. Uh, when they ask you to commit to it, what does that mean as a teenager or a young person? Baptized, but they didn't ask me. It means what? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. So they they getting baptized. Okay, okay, gotcha. And is that a choice that that you have to make in that church? So, like for instance, no, when, okay, no, you don't. right? Because when I was in uh, the Presbyterian Church, I had no choice over that. It was just something my parents had done to me. No, no, they want you to wait till you're older and have more knowledge. Well, that's at least commendable. Okay, well, so wait, you're saying it isn't? So what I wanted to say, though, I believe okay. the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. I believe they're separate, but they both have the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we're nobody's perfect on this earth, let's face it. <laughs> and, you know, I believe that God did send his son down here to die as a human. All right, let's and slow it down here, Wendy. I just want to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying. You said you believe the Holy Spirit... Uh, sorry, the the Trinity or whatever, the the Holy Spirit, God, and Jesus are all separate? Oh, absolutely, and I believe the Holy Spirit is what they both have. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So that means the Holy Spirit is not separate, but Jesus and God are separate? They are separate, but the Holy Spirit is what they both have. What does that mean, they yeah. both have it? <laughs> 
What well, does it mean to have the Holy um, Spirit? Well, whatever their knowledge is, to me would be the Holy Spirit. Okay. You know, so what, is what, that different from the, like, the standard Christian belief? Is that like your specific belief, oh, Wendy? many of them. But so the, the Holy Spirit is knowledge? Yeah, basically, I think. Like and, the knowledge uh, of God, like God-level knowledge? Yes, but okay. Christ was sent down here to die for our sins. So just to clarify, you're saying like the Holy Spirit is sort of like the uh, the personal internet connection between Jesus and God. That's how they're connected, even though they're separate. Yes. Now, is that a stand? Is that like a typical religious belief among Christians, or is that a unique belief no, unique some to you, Wendy? Believe that they're the same. Say again. Some people believe that um, and Christ are the same. Okay, you're saying some Christians believe that? Oh, yeah, the Trinity. Okay, so you don't subscribe to the standard Christian belief, which you're saying is that they are all the same. Together, They're, they're together, but they're, they're kind of different, but they're all the same? Is that the standard no, Christian belief? No, a father and a son, but they have the Holy Spirit. That's what you believe, Right. Right. I'm asking you your understanding. Like, what do the Jehovah's Witnesses believe about this? Um, they believe something like that. Something like that. But, you know, I've never, and it's so weird. My mother passed away a couple of years ago, and she has been a Jehovah's Witness since, like I said, um, mm-hmm. I might have been three and a half. Yeah. And um, she, when she died, um, on her deathbed, she said, was I good enough? You know, and that my sister is gay, and that just made her sick. You know, are you good enough? I mean, she slept with one person all her life. My dad, who was... Was she asking you crazy, your opinion of whether she was good enough? I think enough? she was asking God. Yeah. No, she was just saying, was I good enough? I see. That's absolutely horrible. It's disgusting that religion can do that to a person on their deathbed. The only thing they're thinking about about is whether or not they were freaking good enough. Yeah. And it's like, don't you know, you believe in in Christ, that he didn't come down here for fun, if that's true. The only real answer to that question is you're better than the people who made you ask whether or not you were good enough. Mm. Exactly. Wendy, thank you for the call tonight. I do appreciate hearing from you. The number is 603-283-6160. That's, uh, I would say, say at this point, still not very clear uh, what Christians believe. It sounds like Wendy is saying that Christians believe different things when it comes to this so-called uh, trinity. I would suggest that most of them don't believe anything in regard to the in regard to the Trinity. You mean I'm, they're just regurgitating what they were told? Yeah, I think Wendy is probably one of the few people who have actually given it any thought whatsoever, mm-hmm. and that's why her answer was the most cogent of them. You know, that's a good point. Yeah, it was the most understandable. Yeah, so uh, from what the, we've heard, the Father and the Son are separate, and they they both share this thing that binds them together sort of the knowledge of god right but of. the trinity as i understand it mm-hmm. is this idea that they're all one and they're all different and they're all one and they're all different and somehow so there's crazy. no conflict there and yeah. i don't think christians believe anything about that they just say it and then they they 
wipe their minds of it so they don't have to think about it. Well, and, you know, having read the Quran, I understand that the key difference between Christianity and Islam is simply that the, is, uh, the Islamic belief is that God is a monotheistic God, that there's just God, Yeah, that there's no trinity or whatever, and that's where they really disagreed with the Christians. Otherwise, they're very, very similar uh, in their belief systems. The Muslims believe the Bible— my understanding that's you know the Quran came yeah. after uh, the Bible. It's just they don't think that Jesus was the quote unquote Son of God, and they don't buy the whole Holy Spirit thing. So it's just like to them, God is just God, and that that at least on its face makes more sense. Yeah, I like that a whole lot better. <laughs> and that's what they were trying to. Uh, it always you know, bothered spread. me that Christians call themselves monotheistic, right? But yeah, they that's do. Not true. But, but they're demonstrably not. They're, they're demonstrably polytheistic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's continue here. We have uh, another caller. You are on the air. Caller, what is your name? You're on Free Talk Live. Uh, my name is Andrew. Andrew, go ahead. What's on your mind tonight? So my understanding of the Trinity is that you have God the Creator, you have Jesus, which is God in the flesh, and then you have the Holy Spirit, which is God in the Spirit. And the reason that Jesus was sent was to separate us from the old law, which was the Old Testament. And uh, Jesus, the thing with Jesus was you didn't need the Ten Commandments anymore because you had the Holy Spirit to tell you what is right and wrong. Right, but let's focus on the Trinity here. uh, Because what you said is curious. So Jesus is the physical manifestation of God, right? Right. And the Holy Spirit is the spiritual manifestation of God. Right. So what is so, the what is the third one? No, you have God the Creator. The Creator. You what what God is his man what is he the manifestation the of? That is the that is the three Right. I think he would just say it's God. So uh, you got a separate category. So you got spirit, you got flesh, and you got so question you have, mark. So you have the, the God that, that, that sits with the white beard in the clouds, <laughs> you know, that that, that that you can't see. Okay, just to clarify, you know, uh you don't you don't so, believe this? Well, I grew up um, in a Christian home, mm-hmm. and that was my understanding of what the Trinity is, is that you have God, you have God in the flesh, and then you have God in the spirit. They all come from the same, they all come from the same God. See, but, but I, need, God, I need more elaboration on what this first one is. You've got God the creator. Of what? I mean, what? what is he? What is he made of? What gives him substance? Well, the other one's flesh. The other one's spirit. What about this other? Well, that's a silly question, Ari. It's not a silly question at all. He's arguing that this thing exists. I don't know if he's it's arguing real. That. I don't know if he's... I think he's just saying what people said I'm to him. Arguing, yeah. I'm not arguing anything. I'm telling you what my understanding of the Trinity to be. Do you believe in God arguing, the Creator? I'm not arguing for or against anything. Yeah. You're asking a question... And I'm trying to answer the question. Well, you I haven't let me finish it. asking the well, question I, I yet. Think, I think you're badgering him. I think, I think he has well, answered yes. the question. Do you believe that this God, the Creator, exists? Well, I, you, it has nothing to—I'm not on trial about my beliefs. 
No, you I'm just curious. Of what the Trinity is. Right, and you answered it. Now well, she has a new question. He's partially answered it. He's asked. He's answered what two of those things no, are. You can't he answer what God to answer is. what the third one is. Well, hold on, all right. Well, just one second, Andy. You can't answer in words very easily what God is. Part of the whole Trinity concept is that all of these things are one and they're all separate. So he's pointed out how two of them are separate and what gives them their separate characteristics. No, but that's only like if, if God if God creates everything. That that is God. God is everything. I tend I mean, to agree I with that. Understand. That is three. That's three things. You have God that is everything, and then you have God personified in the flesh. But wouldn't that everything God include in the, the flesh? flesh? He's saying that. He's saying uh, right. Man, man. But so they're one and the same. So, so so my understanding, growing up as a Christian, was that was God's way of personifying himself on earth to experience what men experience on the earth. I understand that. Makes makes total sense. I would just say, the only thing I would say is that that wasn't just exclusive to Jesus. And I think there's actually a segment of the Bible, and I'm sorry, I don't know what the passage was, but I could probably dig it up, where Jesus actually references the idea that everyone is, uh, is connected to God. That God is essentially experiencing all of our experiences simultaneously. He's having all, or it, or whatever, is having all of humans' experiences in any given moment, uh, is, you know, having that, learning well, from and it. And, and, and supposedly that's why God sent you the Spirit, is so you didn't need man to tell you what the commandments were, because there's an Old Testament and a New Testament. And I think where a lot of Christians mess up is they 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 have they they don't separate themselves from the old law what's up with the no i mean look we we are going to ask you a question about yourself here it sounds like you were raised christian are you still to this day well i don't go to church if that's okay all right so you're you're more of an individual I'm, I'm, i'm a i'm a very spiritual person but i try to look at i try to look at how things actually apply to me in my life yep okay and i don't I can't just I don't just look at things like oh you just tell me a b and c and I believe x y and z. Right. Yeah, so I think that makes that, sense. I think a lot of people are like you these days. And and that's where I stand on it and I don't think there's anything wrong with with Jesus and his teaching. No, I don't either. Um and I I think we can learn a lot from that stuff and I think I think Jesus was actually a lot more of a libertarian than, than most people give him credit. I think there's a good argument for that. Because if you actually look at the words of Jesus, I don't really know if Jesus ever really talked about heaven or hell very much. Mm-hmm. Um, my my thing is, I don't really believe in heaven or hell. I believe that the when you're here on earth, you you want to live a good life because because you want to be able to rest easy at night. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't want to live. You don't want to do certain things because you don't want that hanging over your head. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that there's good ways to practice your life so that you can live more in harmony. Absolutely, and, and these that, are universal principles. And yeah. there's a lot of that is spread throughout all of the world, or at least a lot of the the world's religions. Very, very universal. We we identified one of them uh, in the satanic. Uh, religion tenets that you were reading earlier, Arya, the uh, being of empathy towards yeah the uh, golden rule, other people. So yeah, you see that echoed all over the place in so many uh, my, religions. My my idea of heaven and hell, I think you can live in hell 
on earth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't don't think it has anything to do with, because I don't think that there, once we die and we, and whatever happens to us, I think we all have a spirit. um, But I don't, I don't know what happens after that. And I don't think it matters what happens after that. I think your experience here is heaven or hell while you're on earth. Totally. So that's how I look at it. And I think that's what Jesus was trying to say. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a Christian because I don't, I don't believe that we need the blood of Jesus. I mean, to me, that sounds very sacrificial Mm -hmm. and it sounds like the complete opposite of what, I mean, when, whenever you take communion, you're drinking the blood of Christ (laughs) and eating the, the, you know, the, it's a little weird. The, you're eating the flesh, and yeah. I mean, I'm not a cannibal, right. so it's hard for me to understand what that even means. I appreciate your th- your thoughts here tonight. Uh, it was Andy. Yeah, thank you. Is that right, Andrew? Uh, thank you, uh, Andrew, for your call. Very well thought, uh, and I appreciate you you uh, reaching out and sharing that with us. Thank, thank you for the call. Great. And, Thanks, uh, man. Good yeah, luck thank you. To you and your uh, trial and everything. Thanks, man. dude. I really appreciate it. And uh, for those that do want to uh, help me out with the trial situation, I've got a sentencing coming up in uh, April. If you want to send a letter, you can go to letters.freetalklive.com. It'll give you all the details on how you can write a letter to the, to the judge if you feel like I've done good work uh, in and helped you or helped the community in some way, and you want to express that. It would be appreciated. You can go to letters.freetalklive.com. Let's continue. We have Reverend Ratspeed in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live, Reverend Ratspeed. <laughs> you have me on caller ID now, don't you? We do, sir. Go ahead. <laughs> so I would like to talk about <clears throat> a small t- side tangent uh, in the four minutes that we have left until the top of the or bottom of the hour about the nature of magic. I, I heard that uh, you know it was part of the conversation earlier. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I would like to present my theory about the nature of magic and see if it sparks anyone's creativity minds. Um, okay. I believe that magic is the point at which the imagined meets reality. In other words, when the intangible meets the tangible, when something transmogrifies in ancient religions, it usually transforms from one thing to another. But in this case, what is happening is it's a transformation of what we imagine could be, in other words, potential, into the thing which actually becomes real. It manifests itself. So therefore, I think... Uh, a couple of things. This can this metaphor can be applied uh, to several different things. Uh, well, before I we do, came up, before you do that, yeah. can you point out any any time in the existence of human history that something intangible became tangible? Uh, well, whenever we dream about something or whenever we conceive of something, it's in other words, it's usually limited by our own knowledge and our own uh, uh, perception of. of the world of the universe of, of reality oh i'd so say the answer whenever, to that question is any time an idea has become real right which is everything so everything that we see at one that's time not was what in someone's means, head though. but it, it wasn't real until it was moment. it's at the moment but uh, the supplies were I, real and the person doing actually, it were real i actually came up with this theory when i was actually trying to do uh day training for bitcoin all right hang I on hang on rat speed okay. we'll, uh, we'll continue here with your theory in moments, uh, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. 
I get what you're saying, but some of the things that we take for granted today would absolutely be seen as magical to someone from, you know, a thousand years ago. Yeah, but that's just ignorance, right? That may be a factor. There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. And you can join us online anytime you want. Just head over to freetalklive.com. You can also follow us on our video streaming platforms. We have more than one, but the one we like to talk about is Odyssey. And you can go to video.freetalklive.com and find our Odyssey channel. You can subscribe to it. And uh, we appreciate that if you do it. So once again, that's video.freetalklive.com. We're going to go back into your calls. We've managed to talk about religious, various, you know, various aspects of religion uh, throughout the uh, the whole show here tonight. Uh, maybe we'll talk about Chat GPT. It's not looking like we will, but uh, it's, it's looking like it's an option. Probably still. not. It's an option. But of course, the phones are open, so if that's what you want to talk about. You can do that. Uh, we're going to go back, though, to Reverend Ratspeed. He was trying to make a point about magic and how it's defined. We're not talking about card tricks or, you know, making an elephant disappear. We're talking about something else here, right, Ratspeed? <clears throat> yeah, correct. It's it's more of a metaphor, I would say, but uh, it's a metaphor that I don't think I even came up with. Um, I want to, before I go, I, I, before I go on, I just want to say, I think you guys should have a show where you interview chat gtp gpt and see what it says about it it's kind of boring uh you know having (laughs) having used chat gpt to some small extent i've experimented a little bit with it um it's repetitive if you ask a question that it doesn't really care for it'll just keep repeating itself and it wouldn't be a very interesting interview at least certainly not to do it live it would need heavy editing uh, to cut out the repetitive parts but we have uh, shared some of the content from chat gpt on the air the thing is chat gpt isn't really a chat bot even though it's called chat gpt it doesn't actually have the ability to answer all of the questions you might want to ask it so a lot of the times it will just simply refuse to answer and uh you know kick you back to the prompt so well, yeah but if someone let it know it's on the radio maybe it'll liven up yeah if someone gave it. us a chatbot to whom we could ask you know natural <laughs> questions and it would generate natural answers and actually like speak them out yeah i'd, I'd be all sure. about it it would just be like the whopper from war games anyway so i wanted to just say real quick uh, yes it's not about magic trick or it's not trickery it's not illusions it's the idea that when something potential turns into something manifested into reality, it is that the moment and the place and the time and the mindset in which it happens is could be considered in, in a way magic. I can give you an example. Um, I, and I'll, this is how I came up with the idea. When I was trying to day trade and I was trying to learn about stock books and order books, for day trading and dealing with crypto, I looked at the the, uh, the visual representation of an order book and where the the bid and the offer uh, happens. And I started, and of course, me being the way I am, I started studying, finding out, well, how does this happen? How does it work? And why are some spreads bigger than others? And I started looking at, it and it came to the conclusion through different articles that I read. They don't actually know. It's more or less a an agreement between two consenting parties. Whenever a bid and, and a, you know, whenever someone sells stock and buys it, there is a trade. But that very 
actual moments in which it happens is not 100% defined, and that's why a spread can be a spread. So I started applying. I don't, I don't even or, know what a spread is. Yeah, I mean, we don't know or oh. really care. To, don't, don't. Good God, don't explain okay, it. Okay, yeah. that's, that's fine. Anyway, so that, that's the point. Is that My question would be, what, what differentiates, yeah. if anything, magic from just plain old cause and effect in your definition? What? Define okay. Could you repeat that one more time? I'm yeah. Sorry. What differentiates make, magic from uh, just ordinary cause and effect? Like, there's not. I'm, I'm gonna. I, I can think about going. Let, let me explain the question. I can think about going yeah. in my car and driving home, right? And that's the thought. And then I can go out there, get in my car, and drive home, and that's the action. But there's nothing magical going on there. It's just me thinking something and then me doing something. So that's just cause and it, effect. I would argue. It, well, it, it, okay. So that's an interesting question. I would, well, I don't know if I can answer that because I, I wasn't thinking about it in, in that term. I was thinking about more or less the will of the individual, which some people consider free, some people don't. They say it's the manifest of the des- uh, manifest of, of the, the universe, depending on who you are. Um, well, see, that's the, the same will. thing. I will myself to drive home. So I go get in my car and I drive home again. It's the same scenario, but it's not magic. Hmm. I'm going to have to think about that one. That's that's a good question. Yeah, I think it just I, I depends on your perspective. Right. That, right. That's what I was going to argue. I mean, it sounds like he's, I don't want to say watering down the definition of magic, but changing it to the extent where it's indistinguishable from just existence. I think, I think magic or supernatural so-called occurrence, in many cases, is just something we don't understand yet, right? Like. It, well, the, the, the thing I, I wanted to get out, out of all of uh, what I was going to present is that there is imagination and then, you know, things that can exist in our mind that, that, that we have not objectified. You know, in other words, it's potential. Mm-hmm. It, it can't happen in real life or so we, so we say, so we think. And then there's the things that we actually know are true, the ab- objective reality, the material world, if you will, the things that can be measured and quantified. And the joining point between those two is where magic take place i get what you're saying i I would actually so uh, so i would say virtual would be the word that i would use to define this place a virtual place it's neither imaginary nor is it real it is at the joining point you're saying it's at the point of an idea becoming reality that's the that's the magic it's also yes, and it's also sort of like dreaming. Like you can dream something, and the moment that you wake up, it's not real because it was all happening in your mind. But in some religions, they think of dream weaving, such as Aborigines, such as Native Americans, and and I would even go so far as to say Christians and Muslims and everyone else around here that has monotheism uh, believes that some sort of manifestation of the word, of the thought, the mind, and I would even say computer programming could become a form of magic. That's why I always say if you want to get, if you want to empower people, uh, uh, teach them how to code because that is a a form of of wizardry. Casting spells. Thank yeah, you for the exactly. call tonight, Raspeed. I appreciate hearing from you. I mean, some people would, would point out that all word is creative, that all word is, you know, this has this power to create, uh, not necessarily to manifest physical reality, but to certainly to create ideas in other people's minds. Bad people use the word to control, right? Yeah. So uh, mainstream media, politicians, Hollywood, they use words to manipulate people in 
negative ways to join the military and die for politicians or to pay taxes without thinking or whatever it is you know the uh, the thing is they're looking to do to you well other words can free other words can open up uh so i mean to that extent we're all casting spells constantly there's there's an interesting book um the four agreements uh, that uh, that I read while I was in jail, somebody s- sent that to me. It was really good and very, very short book, but it's this uh, Mexican gentleman who is kind of like a – he was kind of in touch with uh, shamanism type. Okay. So there's a certain term for it down down south of the border, uh, but a lot of real like really great lessons for, uh, for life. And, and he talks about how words are essentially – just constantly casting spells on people from as you know as young as when you're born your parents are casting spells on you basically without your awareness and you're becoming essentially you know part of what they want you to be right well, um, i mean words certainly have an essence there were, there's words like ooze and stuff like that like the word ooze it just has a certain quality to it that yeah. isn't pleasant yeah. right and it, it loses the most obvious word I can think of, but it's countless there's, words. There's like, other ones, yeah. Like Chris Cantwell. We've talked about him before and how his very name, Cantwell. Yeah, it's it, right there. It's right there, right? Why Why is his life good? Well, he can't, he can't be well, be well yeah. right? So, I mean, there's certainly something to there's that. something to that, absolutely. Even if it's just unconscious. Yeah, uh, and I thought that was an interesting discussion. The number here, if you want to join us, it's 603-283-6160. Let's go. Uh, now, normally we only allow one call per night, but since a different person called from this number earlier, I'm going to just presume this is actually Jack in Washington. Do we actually have Jack now? Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead, sir. Remember, I called last time I called, it was like three or four months ago. I got off of my uh, my Trump, my tr- the Truth Social, Twitter, I got off of everything. And okay. also you guys, so, um, but to religion, it's not the word Trinity. It's not in the Bible. This is scripturally based. If you write down, look it up on your own, you find a King James Version. Second, um... Wait, wait, wait. You said so, the word Trinity uh, isn't in the Bible? It is not in the Bible anywhere. You can look it up. Huh. I know, I've tried. No, they, it, it, no, the Trinity is the name that humans created for this thing. Uh, okay. But the yeah, thing absolutely. is frequently described as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. They I, do describe that. That is mentioned in the Bible. The Bible. Right? The, yeah. And that's true. In okay. religion, it's, this world, you look this up, King James Version, if we're going to play the Bible game. It's like saying the word Bible isn't in the Bible. It's like, mm. well, yeah, duh. Nice point. If you look it up, though, um, this world belongs to Satan's. His system, God gave it over to him, just like Satan tried to give it to Christ when he was the 40 years or whatever. So the religion itself is a lie. It tries to draw you away from God. I was raised also a Jehovah's Witness. My mom let me know. She contacted me and let me know she had called in. So that's why I'm calling in. It actually brought me further away from Christ, where Christ was nothing but nice. Try to organize people against other people. This is nice. The religions are evil, and that's the devil system. Well, yeah, I mean, Yahweh is. I, I would certainly agree with you. If I, I don't think any of these people exist, but if there is a devil, Yahweh of the Bible is a one-to-one fit for a description of an evil, tyrannical, vicious, malevolent deity. Yeah, but I think he wanted to have not the bots follow him, and in order to not have a even if you have all the power in the world to be God. I didn't catch much of that. You you can't create something that just loves you for no reason. Well, that's exactly what he wanted to do. Look at the sky. Look at the the grass. Look at the ocean. I mean, that's all the proof I need to believe in God. 
not a religion. The existence of the physical world is all you need to believe in the existence of the non-physical? Yeah, we worship Michelangelo and Rembrandt. I don't worship Michelangelo and Rembrandt. And I can see grass. I can touch grass. Mankind does. Mankind does. Reveres, maybe, but that's not the same as worshiping. Oh, okay. Um, Pink. Um, uh, Madonna. Pick your poison. Everyone wants to worship and love something, and God put it out there as a nice person with his nine attributes of kindness, self I don't know. It's all he does, and everyone hates him. I think you're twisting the meaning of the word worship when you say that people worship Paris Hilton. They Uh, raise their hands and they chant the name, dude. They what? Say that again? They raise their hands and they chant the name. Their concerts. I've been to Rage Against the Machine, Bad Religion. I've been to Ultimate Concerts. I get what he's and saying. I mean, there's definitely a lot of celebrity worship out there. There's yeah, but a it's lot not of actual worship. Well, it's not worship in that there's any kind of scripture that they're per se following, but they may consider the songs of that individual to be that. I don't know. It probably doesn't go to the level that you're talking about, Aria, but there is an obsession Certainly. With, with celebrity. And, you know, at what level does oh. obsession cross over into straight up worship you're dressing like the person you're talking like the person you want to be that person jack uh just to clarify so you were you were raised as a jehovah's witness it sounds like you have rejected all organized religion but you have your own personal belief system would that be accurate to say yeah if i find a corner church i can go in and they just read the bible they don't try to tell me what to think or to wear i want to come in shorts and flops that's what that's what I get from from God. From Do you God. still feel like the as as an individual religionist or whatever you would describe it? Uh, do you still feel like the Bible is the closest holy book to what God is trying to say to man, or are there other books that are of value to you? Everything is of value because everything is God, and that's okay. the Trinity question. God is everything. Jesus Christ is not God. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. But if Jesus Christ is part of everything, then he is God, right? Well, we're all God. Okay, so so is Jesus Christ. Yes, he's God. You you literally just said Jesus Christ is not God, though. Yeah, you did say that, so you've corrected it now. He's not, okay, please, guys. He is not the ultimate. God, Yahweh, the uh, hallowed name, he's everything. He created everything. Right. So you would say that, so that like, er, since everyone or everything is God, Jesus is just a piece of God, sort of like the rest of us are. Yes. Yeah, okay. We're all spirits of God there and empty go. vessels, and God loves us all. I agree with that. Okay. I agree with that, Jack. Thank you uh, for the call tonight. I, I do appreciate hearing from you. Uh, yeah, the number if you want to join the show here is uh, 603-283-6160. Another great book uh, that I really like was uh, The Tao Te Ching. You ever read that one? I have not. Oh, yeah. It's pretty libertarian, actually, in okay. its uh, in its writings, and it's it's one of those nice books where it's it's kind of just essentially like a book of poems, uh, and you can kind of open it up to any old page. You don't have to read it straight through. You can just kind of pick a page and focus on that for the yeah. day or whatever. Recommend that one. I'm really behind the, the these episodes where we end up getting the into the weeds of religion. Make me realize that I used to love doing this. I watched atheist videos and interviews, mm-hmm. and on, not because I was you know and an, what is one a militant atheist. I just found the topic interesting. Sure. And at some point over the last decade or so, it just 
stopped being anything that I read about or watched videos about or just was interested in in general. Like my my readings and my knowledge about the history of Christianity and what is and is in the Bible is on a decline because I'm just not paying any attention to it anymore mm-hmm. because at, at a certain point I stopped caring what other people had to say about God. And it was like, it's just like LeVay wrote, if we're all discovering or creating our own gods, then just create your own. And at some point I just started doing that. Like it became irrelevant to me what the Bible says or what mm-hmm. Jack and Ocean Shore says or what anyone says about the Bible. What do I think? is true because that has just as much weight just as much chance of being true as it does for anyone else absolute fact yeah you're you're more likely to find god within than uh, than without yeah i think let's but continue. i do miss having all of that useless knowledge i mean because it was useless but <laughs> i don't think you're, you've got useless knowledge i mean it's it's good to have you on here for the conversations with the christians because you were raised like that so you have that knowledge and it's not useless because it, it allows you to intelligently respond to the, those people and what they have to say. Uh, but let's continue here. We have another caller. You're on the air. Uh, what is your name? Tim. Tim. Yeah. Go ahead. You're on the air. Have y'all ever, y'all ever had any experience with a seventh son of a seventh son? No. What's that mean? Well, you ought to check it out. How would I do that? Well, you just have to find a seventh son of a seventh son. <laughs> what does what that, even does mean? that mean? <laughs> yeah, meaning meaning that some okay. a family that has seven sons, I would have to find the youngest of those sons, and then he would have also have had to have had seven sons and find the youngest of those sons. Close, yeah. Huh? It don't make no difference how many sons somebody had. If that seventh son had seven sons, he could have nine sons. But the seventh son of a seventh son, they have talents. They have talents? Like what? Yeah, I mean... uh, Can they sing real good? Well, no, but I've seen one... um, I've seen a man get his arm nearly cut off one time and shooting blood about four foot in the air, and he walked up and touched it and immediately stopped. Uh, okay, was, so, so wow. the seventh son of a seventh son. This is like like an angel in in human form. Is that what? what, what? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know about all that. I just Hold up, I'm I just want to hear more about this story. So you saw a man near get his arm cut off in some kind of yeah. accident, and then some yeah. guy, the seventh son of a seventh son, walked up, touched him, and he stopped bleeding instantly. Right. Where was this? Uh down in Texas. Was it on like a factory or where were you at the time? Uh, it was a working place. You were at a working place. You want to tell us a little more they than were. that? They was. I was just a child. Oh, you were you were a little child, just okay. hanging out at a factory. Yeah. How old were you? Eight years old. Eight years old. And yeah. what happened next? They took the man to the hospital. Okay. Was right. was he okay? Was he still bleeding? I mean, obviously not. He's, so I mean, said he stopped bleeding. Right. So I mean, what, why did he need to go to the hospital? Well, he had, he had his arm nearly cut off. Okay, but it wasn't to... bleeding. No, it stopped bleeding. I mean, just I mean, it was bleeding a little bit, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like gushing out anymore. Now, was this guy known as being a sort of miracle worker, or was this the first time he'd ever kind of sprung into action that you were aware of? He didn't like to use his talents at all. Mm-hmm. So this person worked there? No, well, he was there a lot. He didn't work there. He okay. just happened to be there at that time. Uh, he also just hung I out think. at the factory. What happened? Well, we don't know. He didn't say it was a factory. He said it was a working place. 
But uh, you uh, did he do anything else noteworthy that you were aware of? I mean, surely there were rumors around town. I seen him. I seen a woman pour get a had a a frying hot boiling skillet full of grease, and it got knocked off and run all over her arm. Mm-hmm. And he bowed his breath on it, and it, it never blistered or never showed any kind of burns or anything. Wow. That's a hell of a story, man. Now, was he related to you in any way? I can't say. Is that because you don't want to say? Because I don't want to say, yeah. Okay, all right, fair enough. Where are you calling from tonight? Texas. Texas, all right. And uh, I thank you, man. Check it out. All right, that's interesting. It's interesting. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Seventh son of a seventh son. Let's go to Sahid. He's calling from Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Sahid. Hey, how you guys doing? Welcome, Uh, sir. Hey, uh, so I was just uh, listening to the conversation about uh, the devil and magic, and uh, you guys talked a lot about uh, Islam uh, for uh, quite a minute. Uh, so I was wondering, do you guys see any relationship between uh, religion and uh, like uh, and the and the state? Uh, because yeah, and Islam, the yeah, state's Islam, the dominant yeah, religion of the globe. That. Yeah, the state is the religion yeah. that atheists, uh, for the most part, believe in. Uh, the state essentially has all the trappings of an, the most evil religion on the planet. They don't have any kind of redeeming qualities like a lot of uh, religions do. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of similarities between them. I got you. And, uh, so, do you guys, uh, especially, uh, specifically when it comes to, like, uh, Christianity, at least for, uh, actually, let me rephrase it. So, in Islam, uh, the devil is kind of, like, really related with a lot of this stuff, but with basically all the uh, animosity that we have in, uh, between each other, and it kind of creates this tribalism that goes on. Uh, from our perspective, it creates that uh, tribal. Have you guys ever read anything about NDP from Marshall Rosenberg? NDP? Oh, no, wait. NBC. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it? Near, what is it again? Nonviolent communication? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty culty. It's, oh, yeah, I know. Uh, I know a little about that, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it is. Uh, we do. Yeah, it is pretty uh, culty. Uh, and to be honest, I think it has a lot to do with uh, religion because uh, the way that he kind of like describes uh, uh, the negative kind of like talks that we have in our uh, in our heads, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he basically gets to the comes to the conclusion that uh, you know it's that negative kind of like shame, guilt, uh, and whatnot that you guys actually a lot of people relate with religion and uh, you know uh, cultish kind of behavior. Basically, that is what uh, you know creates the divisions that we have in society. A lot of that trauma. And kind of like reliving that trauma, and that's basically how I see uh, the uh, the Quran and the, even the Bible uh, describes kind of like how Satan works, for the most part, in creating those divisions, but starting inside rather than uh, overtly, you know. Yeah, I uh, I think that negative self talk is really detrimental. It is something that it's important to be aware of in our lives, and and you know, be aware that that isn't necessarily you. That what it is, I don't know whether it's some sort of signal from somewhere in the ether or the devil or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's important to reject those yeah. things. When I don't know in. about this idea that like you mentioned shame and guilt uh, being, I think you said negative emotions. I don't know if I can agree that they're negative. They, no. they, it, it, yeah, it, not it, negative emotions, not negative emotions. Uh, it's that uh, negative, uh, it's like distorted. It's not logical thinking, but it's like distorted type of thinking. Uh, it's talked a lot about like psychology circles and whatnot, and I think it's a big part of like uh, religion and uh, specifically uh, that anti, yeah, that uh, that negative spirit that goes on. But it's not negative. Guilt can be tremendously positive if it causes someone to go out there and right or wrong because they don't want to live with what they've done, or it prevents them from doing anything wrong because they know they'll feel guilty about it. That's a good point. 
yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's like soaking. You can kind of like get into the weeds of like the differences between like a feeling versus an actual uh, judgment statement. You know, uh, where you're somebody's like uh, actually guilty versus feeling guilty. You know, uh, and, uh, the the second one where it's coming, where it's not actually a feeling, but it's coming from a uh, external. It's like something that's uh, imposed, like external or internal, really. But it's really just uh, imposed upon us, uh, kind of culturally. Yeah, but and if that, it's being imposed uh, upon them externally, then it's not. It's not an emotion that they're mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah, that's true. So it's, it's irrelevant to the question at hand, right? Uh, no, that's actually uh, the point. I, I, I like to kind of like distinguish, and that's what the NPC kind of like uh, talks about, is distinguishing the feelings from, uh, uh, for example. Uh, gotcha. Uh, so it's, it's sort of like, a, it's technically like a type of violence uh, in a sense. It's like a, uh, uh, I wish we had more time to talk about it. Uh, but uh, Sahib, you called right at the end of the show. But I do appreciate hearing from you and feel free to call back any old time. Definitely appreciate all the input tonight from all of our callers. Very busy uh, night on the phones. I don't think we ever got to the first beyond the first topic. Good to know so, what people think. Yeah, what very interesting v- uh, viewpoints. So quite a variety as well. So definitely appreciate the input. We're back tomorrow night online. You can join us in the meantime. Share your thoughts over at freetalklive.com and social.freetalklive.com. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 15th through the 18th for the 7th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out in 2022. For 2023, we're going back to where it all started, the weekend before ForkFest. ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 15th through the 18th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there June 15th through the 18th. ForkFest.Party.